people. Like, even if it's just us, you know, like if you're making two people across the other side of the world excited for something, you know. Well, that's what I was gonna say. Like, like I would like more people to see stuff I do, whether with the group or by myself. But at the same time, like out of all in the different incarnations I've met, I've met, and I'm recording some. I hit record now, so. Um, maybe we'll do a proper intro. Maybe we won't. Fuck it. I don't care. Like, okay. <laughs> one off deal. I don't. I don't care. It's just gonna be a conversation. I like your style. Uh, well, see, that's the thing. I mean, you, you do a format, and then you fuck yourself with the format. Yeah, you're right. You can't. It's so hard to be freeform after you've done a format for so long. You know, so like, like right now, we'll 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 deconstruct the thing, as Craig Ferguson would say. We'll we'll do the intro right now. This is a WonderPod Thanksgiving special. Chris Lloyd and I are sitting down uh, like a week and a half beforehand. <laughs> <laughs> a time when Chris could make it, and it's not the middle of the night, and then a time when I could make it, and it's not the middle of the night over here. Perfecto. See, okay, so now you know what we're doing because you're going to hear like probably forty five seconds to two minutes of audio before this. Yeah, but, but that's that's the thing. When we started WonderPod, it's like, well, what are we gonna do? Well, let's do what we've been playing because that's what everybody else does. And then let's have a discussion topic. Let's do this. Let's do that. And so, like, we did that for like the first hundred shows. And like by show seventy five, I'm f- personally fucking just tired of. It. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> it seems to be working with this this well. So I'm I'm gonna keep doing it. And the shows were still fun, but it's like the format. Oh, man, format. Just, oh, fucking Jesus. You know? And then yeah, I get you. we started doing other stuff, and it's like, I got to the point where, and I was really glad because when I brought it up to John Glacenator, who were, who were the cast, that you know, by that time, I'm like, I don't want to do any of this. I don't want to do this anymore. I'm like, it's it's going to be what ends the show, because I'm not going to want to do it anymore. It's going to get boring for me. Yeah, you lose the passion for it. Right. But, but I have really enjoyed the ones where you guys have just, like, sat around and talked about life stuff, you know? Like, the last couple, you know, talk, like, anecdotes from your past and about drunkenness and stuff, you know? It's a lot of, <laughs> I, you know, I felt like I learned a lot about you guys in those couple of podcasts, like, the latest ones. You know? I... I I've I, I've actually got another good. Uh, I'm not going to waste it on tears, so sorry, you're going to have to wait. But I, okay. <laughs> I've actually got another good one for for this week's episode because uh, I was at a party this weekend, and basically we could talk about the the framework of it. Basically, it was that describing what you do for a living. Oh well, right, yeah. I have the fallback of uh, I, I'm a ranch hand. I'm in agriculture business. I do design. That. I'm an actual quote unquote cowboy. I guess I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> so it's like I, I can just say that and get away with it, unless somebody knows. Yeah. Like uh, there was a, a a gal there who's my friend on Facebook. Except I just randomly accepted her friend request. I didn't know. I still don't know who the fuck she is. <laughs> I know that story. And so she's like, yeah, but don't you do something on the internet? And I was like, oh, God. Oh, God. How do you explain this to a room full of people who are happy that they can work a computer? Oh, I know. It's just, I've been in much the same position a lot. Like, what do you do? I make films for who? Well, I just make them for, you know, the internet. Like, like what's the aim? I don't know. I just do. It just is. No, no, I'm all right. I can say I'm a student, and that's it. I get away with that. I'm a film student. 
Yeah, I'm a film student. That's it. I got some. Oh, go ahead. No, go ahead. I was just going to say I've got some purpose now. I've got some aim. To, when people ask me, they don't give. I don't have to lecture them. Like or talk to, at them for ten minutes, ex- trying to explain what my job is. Like here in California, though, like you say, you're a film student. That's probably going to get you made fun of because then, like, yeah, immediately conjures up like, oh, for fuck's sake, don't talk about movies with this prick. You're, yeah, I mean, it, because there's so many of the stereotype that actually exist. I know. I know there really is. I know for a fact that you are not one of them. Thank but, you. <laughs> but <laughs> Andrew, you know, you guys have always been really cool, and it's like, but at the same time. Those people exist. I have been at parties with people. I hate going to parties in like San Francisco and stuff when when friends of friends or people I know through different things invite me because it's like I don't. Oh man, I don't fit in. I, even if I wear nice clothes, I look like I stole them. It's like <laughs> it's that's how I've been living my life for the past thirty years. <laughs> yeah, I uh, I just. I don't fit, well, the shitty part for me is I don't fit in with either group. Because, like, yeah, I grew up with a family that owns a cattle ranch. Yes, I do the work, da-da-da-da-da. But a lot of the culture that goes with it, it's yeah, I get so lost on me. I got in trouble last year for messing with a woman's cowboy hat. I, I had forgotten in my drunken state that you don't touch a person's cowboy hat. It's like, what? Wow. It's, it's a fucking, oh, it's... Some people will like literally punch you over it, and it's like, and apparently that's I, insane. I got apparently I got close to getting punched last year, and it's like uh, I was so drunk at the time. I don't. <laughs> smart, you know. I had a I had a really good pre-show before we arrived at the event. Uh, Help with that. I had a buddy's wife who kept refilling my glass, and I wasn't paying attention. So wow. yeah. That's always good. <laughs> oh, it was great. Until the next day. That's where the wallet incident. That's what that was. Oh, all right, I see. Uh, and anyways, I'm, I, I, but when I get a little bit of booze in me, the five-year-old comes out, and I don't care anymore. It's like fuck your conventions. Here's mine. <laughs> you know, <laughs> it's a lot of old-fashionedness, isn't it? A lot of tradition where people just carry over just because it's tradition, and it doesn't make any sense. It didn't make sense like two hundred years ago. Well, that, just carry it on. That's where I guess, if anything, my life's even nuttier because I go from that to where tech people and nerds and gamers are trying to like rip down every tradition known to man fast enough, but or as fast as they can because it's tradition. Nobody wants to be traditionalist, and it's like there's a balance between those two attitudes that's probably right, but neither attitude is correct. Yeah, you're right. East. I, I, don't, I don't know. So so you're now officially going to uni for film. That's correct. So that's my title. So when people ask me, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a student. I don't often say I'm a film student because there's a lot of uh, distaste towards that here, I think. Because there's a lot of people that tell me I'm not a real film student because I don't like this director or that director. It's just, I hate that kind of thing. You know, you make films, you're a filmmaker, and no matter what you use, no matter what camera... Yeah, but what like like when you set out to create something, I don't give a shit what it is. Okay, maybe breakfast doesn't count, but but when you set out to create something for for the internet, what's your what's your f- first goal with any creation? Um, well, I'm normally trying to impress. If my brother likes it, I think I've done a good job with this. So, I think. It's more of a, I make loads of stuff and I show my brother and he says, oh, that's rubbish. I don't bother uploading it. I think it's his approval I seek. So he's like the first step and so on. And then I put online 
and then I just leave it, you know, leave it do what it does. If people like it, they like it. That's interesting. I don't think I even have that influence in my life. I, I, I'm happy when it makes my friends laugh. Like, like people like you, Olivia, Pat, John and Glaze, uh, Quiglin, uh, AJK, and I'm probably missing a few other people, so I apologize. I'm not trying to leave you out. If I make you guys laugh or if it makes you guys entertain, it's not so much I'm seeking your approval. It's like, okay, then that was good. Because my base has always been if it makes me laugh. Then I'm gonna yeah. put out there, and uh, but that can get you in trouble too. And like, well, yeah, absolutely. Well, maybe that wasn't the most politically correct thing I could have ever done. <laughs> it's not as bad these days. Back in the early Morphine Nation days, uh, I could get in trouble pretty regularly, like putting Madeline McCain on the side of a milk carton. Well, that's a good. Well, it's, I, good. I, I, well, it's, it's good and it's not. I, I, Whoever's listening, depends on who's listening, it's either good or it's bad, isn't it? <laughs> it was running about 50 50 between people that thought it was funny and people who wanted to lynch me. Uh, yeah. At that time, that forum was hosted, there were a lot of people from the UK. And that was like at the zenith of her case, or, you know, of her period when she was missing. Yeah. And it's like I was fucking around in Photoshop one morning, and I'm like, hey, I got a tiny little... Yeah, you guys have over there the single-serving milk cartons that they give away... Like, here, they give them to you in schools. The... Yeah, we used to have that, but um, Margaret Thatcher put a stop to it. Well, that's, that's, that's what I put her picture on. I had a picture that was, like, only a tiny, really low-res picture. It's the only one I could find. All right. And so I put it on that instead of a full-size milk carton, and then I put, have you seen me, <laughs> captioned on the bottom. And it was Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. Oh, sorry. Uh, I'm just going to say I'm quite surprised. Have you heard of Madeleine McCann? I, I forgot for a minute for a minute that you're halfway across the world. Is that a big thing there? Or, like, is it much talked about? It's. We should probably talk about that a little bit. I don't. I'm going to ask you first, so I'm not completely bruising up the conversation. Like, since the dawn of the internet. Do you find things here in the U.S. or in Canada or wherever that influence you, that your friends and mates look at you and go, "What? where the fuck's that from? What the fuck is wrong with you? Yeah, like, um, I've lately I've been referencing um, stuff off Twin Peaks and I've just got looked at, you know, like, what the hell, never heard of it. And, you know, it's a huge show. I've only just started watching it probably, but I knew it of its existence. But I think a lot of, like, for me, for example, on my um, PlayStation, I've got American Netflix because I've, like, you know, done something to the DNS code. Yeah, we have to work around. Yeah. <laughs> but, like, I think a lot of people are doing that now. And, like, because the way the internet is or whatever, I think the world's becoming a more closed-in place. And I'm, But I'm still, maybe it's the old man in me, I'm still quite shocked. Like, oh, you've heard of Madeleine McCann, even though it's a big story or whatever. Like, it, people know where Cardiff is now, my the place I live because of Doctor Who and when I see like Americans and Japanese talk about it online I'm like wow that's you know this little shithole in the middle of Britain you know has been talked about across the seas and it you know still quite surprises me I know it shouldn't in this day and age but well that's what it was for me like in the and I'm gonna one-up you by a lot by a few years uh the old man talk uh the first thing I was introduced to from the UK was Monty Python, of course. That, oh, yeah. that made it over here in pretty good quantities. But then, and I, I know I've told this story on the podcast before, but it's got a different point. Uh, MTV started showing the young ones late at night. 
Wow, I love the young ones. Oh, and so like I started watching the young ones, and I'm like, wow, how can I get more of this? You know, and then they stopped. <laughs> they got in trouble because it was just. It was not. It was not time for American audiences to see the genius of Rick Mayall and and Abe Edmondson and, and yeah. Actually, we'll get to that in a minute too about how it's been a bad year for comedians. That it really has. It's been I a bad year all around. Like they're just dropping like flies every yeah. time I go on Facebook. Someone's gone. Ugh. But anyway, so about two thousand two, late two thousand two, I was having a really just massively bad year personally and and i used to hang around this wrestling website and there was these guys there that were in a british sketch comedy troupe the morphine associates I'm like these guys are fucking hilarious I'm like this is like just my style you know and they're talking about all those yeah. kind of like a little crap crappy uh tripod website that up until like six months ago was you could still view like the main page um and, and I'm like, whoa, these guys are really, really funny. And so I started following, who is now Jim, the, uh, it, like he was writing for another site called The Oratory 2. And he had these col- columns called The Car Crash Columns. And I'm just like, holy <laughs> shit, there's a place in the world where my weirdness fits in. Like where my idea of humor fits in. I'm like, holy shit. And so I started hanging out with those guys like on purpose. He gets embarrassed every time I tell the story. You can go back and listen to Waterpod, like episode 35, where I talked Condom into coming on the show. Yeah. Uh, I was 35. Is it? I, was, I, I was looking for that a couple of weeks ago, actually. Yeah. I'm show someone. Yeah. And, and he, gets, he gets almost embarrassed when I tell him how much he influenced me because it told me that it told me that I could really – delve into the weird parts of my minds. And so then we went through the whole morphine nation thing, but that's where I got introduced to everything I love about humor, you know, black adder, uh, young ones, um, uh, faulty towers and, and not being served and, and little Britain. And, uh, the other one that, that may all Edmondson did, um, bottom. Thank you. Um, which we, which I still argue with, some of the people from the old days about today because I think Bottom Live is hilarious and they thought it was shit. Oh, I think it's really good. Um, well, it wasn't as good as the series, I don't think, but it's still. Oh was, no, it was still funny. Yeah, it was funny. But yeah, that's I, and so I was really happy when the internet came along for the for all those reasons I just outlined because yeah, I busted into. Uh, I busted into using some British terms at that party this weekend, and it was—it's so much fun. It's—it's it's something you have to control because it's not fair either. Like my level of quote-unquote internet worldliness that I call it call it now because it's like I haven't traveled there, so it's not—it's re- not real <laughs> worldliness. Um, allows me so many fascinating opportunities to mess with humanity. It's just not fair. It is great. I think. Over here, we've like adopted the American kind of lifestyle, you know. Well, not the lifestyle, you know. Um, like the speech, and people are getting more Americanized by the minute. And they've got all these, you know, you walk down the high street, and like, like five or six out of ten places is an American massive chain, you know. I wonder if it'll ever have the reverse effect, like, um, you know, like the state of California just becomes like a little British pocket. <laughs> And you were there first. You got there first. That would be that would be awesome. Uh, I I don't know. I do but I, don't, I doubt it ever happened. 
do you fear that that culture will become homogenized because of uh, how easy it is to access different cultures now i i am worried about it like i first noticed going to different british cities they were like they were just all the same like same shop same you know same kind of style to like all the modern bits and now i walk go to all these different british cities and it's just a you know you got like a five guys or whatever that restaurant's called that's a big thing in america i believe and whatever we, we've got dunkin donuts and that kind of thing it, like it's just insane i just think it's all this stuff you grow up and listen like taco bell like that's an american thing to me i see it um on 80s films and whatever and i'm like what the hell but i'm not you know i'm not dissing it i'm not you know i mean i'm going to enjoy going to these places but it's still quite a shame that like abandoning our roots i suppose like they have to i mean they have to wreck all, they have to now wreck other countries, especially fast food, because we're all wising up. Like I might eat fast food once a month now, just yeah. at, at most. Yeah, because I mean, it, it it's not good for you. It's not like I was eating it. You know, it's not like I was doing what that documentary schmuck did. What? Oh yeah, five days a week. <laughs> um, but at the same time, what the hell was that guy's name? Morgan Spurlock. Thank you. Yeah, he was he was apparently for really forgettable. He apparently made a huge impact, at least in, on me, because. Um, but it, at the same time, people are actively turning against them, and part of that's like your own personal responsibility. It's like if you eat there five days a week, of course you're going to become a fat ass. <laughs> yeah, there's no doubt about it. And people wonder why, why, where did this, where did these eight chins come from? I have a KFC every single day. And I have no idea. Like people are so, it's just so funny. Like um, I was in there the, like yesterday with Olivia, and there's a like a little farm, small young family, and all of them were really plump, and they were just shoveling all this crap down um, the kids' throats. And I was thinking, like I would be full off what they've eaten, and they were asking for more. And that's just like in the early stages of their life, but it's good for a treat, you know, like once once a month or whatever. But it's just. I, I lived a time in my life where I lived in for a couple of months and I just ordered takeaway all the time and I just had to call up and say, um, can I get have an order to be delivered, please? And they say, yeah, 25 minutes and put the phone down because it got to the point where they knew exactly what I want, where I lived. And so that's ridiculous. <laughs> I, quite it, embarrassing. I have to be traveling now and not because I'm getting a few years on me because I have shit for metabolism. I don't really see the point unless i'm you know when you're traveling or if you're super busy man it just doesn't make sense to me it's like yeah you're right i think that's something i've learned as well it but it's so easy especially if you live it's kind of nice living here in a smaller town because there's not that many places it'll deliver but yeah when i've been staying for extended periods of time in bigger cities it's like impossible not to just have it delivered like holy shit! I can get, I can get Thai, authentic Thai food and curry delivered. Let's order from two places at once, and then I'm, yeah. and then I'm just gonna spend the rest of the night crapping fire on the can because yeah. I just ate way too much. Because I just, like curry. Yeah, I love curry, but the trouble is with that. Like, I was have a fridge full of shit then for days and think, yeah, I will eat that. I'll definitely eat it, but you know, it just rots in the fridge and grows itself and walk, grows itself legs and walks off. I didn't one of the one of the places I lived, I didn't have that problem. We had a bulldog that could break into the fridge and wow. <laughs> and eat stuff. <clears throat> oh, she was 
We had to have baby locks on the fridge for a dog because she was that smart. Wow, that is insane. It, it, I, I was glad to be around that dog, but she was a major pain in the ass to live with because she would get into everything. Anything that was edible. Anything that was edible. So, so what... I don't, let's see, how do I put this? Uh, what do you... Like, do you see yourself focusing on self-distribution in the internet once you're done? You know, because I don't, I, don't, I don't even know how many of our listeners know about the Curse Off MySpace stuff, which is kind of, I know it's kind of remote to talk about, but I'm being cheeky. See, I'm around one of you fuckers for 10 seconds and I start doing it. And it's not like, I'm not putting it on. It's just, that's what happens. Ask, ask Agent K sometime. He'll tell you the same thing. Yeah, he thinks he's fucking hilarious. Um... <laughs> I won't do accents though, because I physically can't do accents, and so like I don't, I don't even bought that fucker can actually do like he speaks like he's from London, even though he's a Scot. But then oh, he, right. he can break into the Scottish like he gets pissed in a video game. Then he breaks yeah. into the fucking Scottish brogue. He can do posh Cambridge people because he lives close to there. Uh, he is hilarious around that. But no, back to my point, which I knocked myself off the rails that's always a good thing do you do you kind of do you want to get into the big machinery hollywood stuff or do you want to do it more like self-distribution because there's so many guys that are making good coin doing their own live action stuff and that's kind of i mean that's initially with your curse off myspace stuff i'm like Especially throwing the TV off the cliff. I'm like, okay, there was no reason to do that, but they did that. I, I like these guys. I mean, I barely knew you when I saw that episode. And I'm like, I like these guys. There was no real reason to throw that TV off a fucking cliff onto the beach below. But they did it anyway. These are my kind of people. <laughs> That's what I remember. Because it's something I would do. You can debate the stupidity of it all the time. But it's like they did it and they filmed it. This is this is awesome. I think that's a really bizarre time in our lives. I think we were just aiming so high, and we had like really crappy little camera hand me down, and we were trying to do big things with it, making episodes. You know, we got you know the right people got in touch with us, and we got you know the ball got moving a little bit. That's not where I want to go next. I think, I think to earn a crust, I want to like do client work, do adverts, and all that kind of stuff, and you know, do short films for companies. Oh then, wow! You really want to go like the 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 hardcore traditional route then? It, to well, that's point. just to earn a crust to fund my because it's oh, really okay, really good money now, and then that'll fund my just making stuff where I want to make. So like you know, random episodes of doing picket. I don't know anything. Some dumb stuff with my brother and my girlfriend because we've all got the same kind of um, mindset, and we always talk about doing this, that, and everything else, but. I think to earn a crust, like I said, do like client work, you know, get paid to do whatever crap, the crap companies want to sell their crap through me and, and I make the advert for it. And you know what, that, that's like, you can get up to like a thousand quid just for making a, a one minute film and I'll, I'll use that then to fund my going away and doing whatever, making awesome films, like stuff I want to make. So I think that's where I want to go. That's my aim anyway at the moment. And in university now, I was totally blagging it before. Um, you know, I didn't know how to do something. I just did it the way I thought it was done, and it wasn't perfect. But now I'm learning the correct way to doing it, and it's an easier way. And you know, that's what I was gonna say. If, if my advice from self-teaching in so many things <laughs> is 
don't don't give up on hey just because i was taught this way doesn't mean we can't find another way to do it but yeah exactly one thing education does do is show you the easier ways and that's usually yeah. when you're in a hurry but play but playing with that kind of stuff is is how you, i i think in any kind of creative endeavor you keep it you keep it interesting and maybe you come up with something new. I tell you who you should pay attention to and the normal podcast listeners are going to want to lynch me. The guys at Rooster Teeth who just got acquired by uh, full screen. Oh yeah. They are beyond a shadow of a doubt. Somebody, if you want to do live your own live action stuff, eventually you should pay attention to, especially the guys that founded it. People like Bernie Burns and Matt Hollum uh, Gus Sarola and, and Joel and, and uh, Jeff, I almost said Peterson, that'd be wrong, Jeff Ramsey. They, you know, when they came out in 2003 with Red versus Blue, I would download some episodes. I was not a religious watcher, but I would download some episodes and watch it. Yeah. And it got to the point where I went and looked to see how much a capture card was. And at wow. that time, a capture card, like today, if I want to capture footage on a 360, PS3, PS4, whatever, it's 150 bucks off Amazon US. Back then, for a Blackmagic capture card that you put into a PC, don't think they even did Mac back then, $1,500. Wow. So when those guys started Red versus Blue, which is what essentially Machinima is, they capture all the footage in Halo, and then they add voice to it, and they add, these days, they got animators coming out their ass because they're a big, successful company. Yeah. So they add animation to it, and that's where people get hung up. I, I, Machinima doesn't necessarily have to be um, animated. You know, you can, you can just use real game footage and, and then add your stuff to it, or whatever you want to it. But... Uh, and I kind of am kicking myself now, seeing what it's become. I couldn't have afforded $1,500 back then, but at least following along more closely with what Rooster Teeth was doing. Because Bernie and Matt especially have a very, have a very good sense of how to produce content on your own. Staying outside of the... And the thing is, is a lot of their early employees worked for Hollywood. Well, yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah, Joel was an actor for 10 years. Matt worked for production companies, I think, for 8 or 10 years. I was just, you know, I'm not stalking them, people. I was just watching <laughs> a documentary last night, actually, <laughs> about them making Rooster Teeth. And, and the reason I find it fascinating and the reason I've been boring the audience to death with it is I'm learning a lot about, you know, how to do things. And... and Go ahead. Sorry. Sorry. I was just going to say that's what it's all about. You know, you know, you get inspired by something, you want to do it, you try it out. And, you know, you can get your own style from that, you know, without being, that's what's worried about being a film student. A lot of them in my course, they've, uh, this is their first real introduction into making films. So they are going to use the way to use, uh, to make a film. But I, I was in the fortunate position of learning things myself before I went in. So, you know, I'm using what I've learned now and my style to do make films rather than half of them using the way, if you know what I mean. And I think that's important, isn't it? You know, like you're learning from an inspiration before I... you. No, go ahead. I'm sorry. 
No, that's it. That's... Can, you, can you tell that we don't do audio much together? It takes me a yeah. while to learn when people are actually stopping or not. So this is going to be a lot of Chris and I apologizing to each other <laughs> before it's all over. Um, you know, it's funny you say that because in, a, in, in the strangest, strangest analogy scenario I could actually produce, it's probably going to be my top one, so listen closely, people. When I was in uh, junior college... And had decided that I was at least going to get a professional degree in agriculture to make some money to do what I really wanted, which at that time I didn't know what that was, but I knew I, I knew I just wanted to make money to do my own shit. Uh, they, this whole new system of doing things came along, and I watched all these people. Uh, it was called holistic resource management. I watched all these people in my classes get just like, so into it and this is how you do this and this is how you do that the old ways are over this is what we were taught and mm. i grew up with a family that had a cow ranch and so and i'd been involved with it and so like i already had the practical side of yeah that's not gonna work yeah that's not gonna work as you know explicitly you go tell an old farmer who's been farming for 70 years how to do this yeah i said 70 years he's gonna <laughs> he's gonna put his boot in your ass <laughs> <laughs> you know, and so I I think learn I think teaching yourself at first is gonna help you out so much, man. Because they, it's like Glacinator when he does, uh, you know, he all the stuff he's done for Wonder Pod and this and that. Every time he asks me if I want him if I want him to do a logo or something, although our brand new logo, if you go look at iTunes, he didn't ask. He just was like, I'm gonna do this thing what's your most prominent features and i went i don't know i don't carry prominent features he's like no i know i got yours it's a hat i'm like okay fair enough <laughs> you know so like he made the new he made our new logo and i i just tell him every time he asks me about anything dude do what you want have fun with it you're gonna get a job as an artist and an animator where they're gonna tell you what to fucking do he's very good i, I was just gonna oh. ask who did that logo it's absolutely great that logo is so damn awesome i cannot say it enough and i'm gonna i'm gonna say it again tomorrow when we record episode <laughs> 230 whatever it is five i think four um i just was like holy shit that is an awesome logo i that's going up right now <laughs> you know i'm like i'm like looking to see what the itunes guidelines are and remembering how to that's the other problem with teaching yourself stuff do you run into this like, it's been so long since I put a logo up on iTunes, I had to teach myself again how to do it. Yeah, I'm always doing stuff like that. It's just... <laughs> if you don't do it over and over again in a short period of time, and age has nothing to do with it, it is absolutely... It, if you don't do enough repetitions over time, and then you go to try and do it six months later, you spend an hour figuring out how you did it the first damn time. That's so true. But those guys... But it, back to Rooster Teeth. But they... they Literally everything, if you go visit their website today, their YouTube channels, everything they did was based off of doing a live action inside a video game before basically everybody else was doing it. Homestar Runner, I think, was really the only thing that was around, and that wasn't even really done in a video game. It was kind of animated stuff. Homestar Runner's actually... But that's what's so cool to me. Like, I've never been attracted to traditional film. I like, yeah, I, I'm, I, I play around with like my, my cell phone camera because they're getting so good now. 
And I'm tinkering with the idea of getting a GoPro mostly for my own amusement. Strap it to RC cars and chase cows and stuff. Just Such a good idea. <laughs> yeah, until, <laughs> until, you, until you lose the $400 GoPro in the RC. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the, the whole concept of shooting video game videos and shooting actual live action stuff inside video games um what the audience doesn't know and i haven't officially announced it yet is i'm working it may never come to light it still may never come to light i'm working on a project that i talked to chris about um that may be a machinima here at some point in 2015 i hello hello <laughs> i heard i heard somebody knock on the door i think it's andrew my brother <laughs> Go ahead. We're busy. Uh but anyway, the uh, he actually knocks. Yeah, what a good boy. No kidding. It's like now my I go over to my sister's house, I just go on the door. <laughs> I'm 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 currently in Olivia's like student flat and he lives in the same like cluster hallway thing as her. So oh. oh, okay, I gotcha. But uh but I am I like the concept of just being able to create and design and put all the characters where I want them and then, yeah. and then do it. I don't have to, I mean, I, I, for what I'm thinking of doing, I'm going to need other human beings for certain things, but just the concept of, of doing that and seeing where it goes, uh, I, I'm definitely going to attempt to do it. That's I'm really, I'm really gonna push you into doing that because I think you're, you know, it's really got legs. So you know, if I ever see you slack, I'm just gonna urge you, gonna push you a bit. Yeah, I just, I, wanna... I think I need to put you in on the Google Doc with Quiglin and and Kay. Right now, my biggest problem right now, and this is no, nothing against anybody, and if anybody takes it this way, that way, go fuck yourself. <laughs> I don't want to do everything this time. Like, if I do any more projects, I don't want to be in charge of all of it. I want to do certain things, and then I want minions to do other things, which is hard to find when you are theoretically doing everything for free. You're doing it as a hobby. Yeah. That's, not, that's nothing against people. That's, that, it's hard to be enthusiastic about it at times when you're the one coming up with the nutty shit. I mean, it's, it's you know what I mean. It's not. Yeah, I know what you mean. Because time is valuable, and 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 there are days where it's like, why am I doing this again? All oh, right, because I like doing it. But you can't take those moments. I've learned my lesson of being quiet when I have those moments of self doubt, and I'm sick of this because people read too much into it. It's they been really asked before where it's people read too much into one statement. I think you guys could do some good stuff using the the video game capture technology. I think you guys would get a kick out of it. It is something we have talked about actually, and um, but it's just getting around to do it. We've got a massive backlog of stuff we want to do. We're <laughs> constantly talking about stuff we could do, but we you know we just like Andrew's in the middle of like 10 videos and I'm Olivia is and I'm in the process of editing some stuff and it's just hard work it's not enough hours in the day oh I am such a uh, I am such an um, unshameful noob when it comes to editing 
I get so frustrated with it, with it, with video. Oh, it is a pain. I've been, you know, I've been using iMovie um, to edit like all my stuff on YouTube. I've become really confident with that, and like, you know, a bit of a smart ass with it. And then I guess sent into uni, and I've got to use the industry standard um, program called Premiere Pro, and I'm just, I'm just like a, the new kid. Is Adobe, is Adobe Premiere what they're having you use in uni? Yeah, that's what they use in uni, and it's just. I've been struggling with it. I've been doing extra time. I've been on YouTube tutorials and stuff. I've just, you know, I, I, what I always think is like, if you, um, if, if what you film this suck, really sucks, you can, um, rescue it with the edit, but I couldn't even do that with the stuff. I made agent case so mad the other day. We filmed for four hours. It, the, the video I did, um, called agent, uh, where we met the cultists. All right. Same game. We were playing that. I said, you know, I'm sick of stuff every time we quit recording that something funnier happens. So I'm like, I'm just going to fucking light it up for today. I'm going to record until my backup hard drive fills. And we'll record for four hours, five hours. <laughs> we recorded for four hours. And he's like, hey, did you ever look at that footage? I'm like, no, because I, I don't want to. I said, it's going to take forever to load it. Because I use something called NHC VideoPad, which is like the cheaper Adobe Premiere, uh, Sony Vegas. Uh, yeah. What the, fuck's the, what the fuck's the big dollar one? On? Final Cut Pro. Final Cut, yeah. Yeah. And, and I'm like, I just don't want to fucking load it in. It takes so goddamn long and I can't do it. Yeah. <laughs> it sucks. So it's like. Do it. I'm like, all right, fine. And so, like, that afternoon when he crapped out and went to bed, I'm, I loaded it in there, and I'm sitting there just... I can surf the internet, but that's about all I can do when, I, when I'm when i loading up a movie. And yeah. I'm like... Ay. And I, so, I get it all loaded up about 4 p.m., and I'm looking through it. I'm like, this is fucking garbage. <laughs> it has been this four fucking hours of fucking garbage. This is one of those times I'm glad that he doesn't have any say in what I do because this is fucking out of here. And for some reason, the capture software I use cut his audio and the game audio into three separate chunks and then recorded it at a rate that Audacity didn't like. And oh, yeah. <laughs> I cut all the audio together, and I, which I'm not a pro at, but something I could do in my sleep at this point. Um, you know, after doing a couple hundred podcasts, oh, it's yeah, pretty simple, but see, um, uh, and it was just, it, it, there was nothing I could do to make 10 or 15 minute, a 10 or 15 minute video that would have any context to it. And I'm not, that's the part I need to work on is making myself believe that a, a 15 minute video out of context, that's just quick, cheap laughs would actually work. Because it doesn't, in my head, it doesn't work. So you get a 50-minute video that's funny, but according to Glacinator, could have had some more jump cuts. (laughs) (laughs) I was actually watching that while reading a book. I was on in the background. I was quite enjoying myself. I need to do more. That, That scare where I'm looking through the binoculars. Oh, yeah. That will be my proudest moment. Until <laughs> now, here's why it scared the shit out of me when we recorded it. It scared the shit out of me again when I edited it, and when he was watching it, he jumped. <laughs> you can't 
plan that kind of stuff. I know, that's great. <laughs> I, I, well, actually, let's talk about that, too. When you do stuff, he, he, heavily, oh, Jesus, English, it's my first language, believe it or not, heavily scripted or improv? Um, I have, like, um, I normally know where I want to go with something, and I write down some shots that look nice, and then I just go and do it. Like, it just... Well, well like, I normally try one or two different things and keep the best one. Or sometimes I'm lucky where I just absolutely blag it. And, f- you know, we just get a camera out, do it, and then it's done, if you know what I mean. Mm. I, I hardly ever structure, like, point to point. I think it's... I, I'm just totally... I'm well into this DIY kind of attitude where, you know, I just get, I can just get up and do it with my phone or with a point-and-shoot camera. I just... I can film something there and then without, but sometimes it is good to he, not heavily script something, but like plan out like the process of it and then just input, like fill that with stuff without writing it down, if you know what I mean, like just film and film and film, or oh, where can that go? Oh, that can go there. I've got my own little process and that comes from, again, like teaching myself because I've never been taught uh like, oh, this is how you do it. This is, um, you know, how to do it. Like, another one thing you do in university is a um, storyboard, and I think that's the biggest waste of time in the world. Oh, that's, yeah. Uh, it, it. I get in trouble every time I say this. I'm going to do it again. I scripts. <laughs> like, that, like that jump scare. It's like, you can't fucking script that shit. You really can't. It's just it's all just... in the moment. It's there. And, like, when it happened, and this is how fucking stupid I've become. There's days I'll tell him we're not filming because I want to play a video game and enjoy it. Like, when that whole sequence was over, the fear was legitimate. But ten seconds after that sequence was over, the part I cut out before I cut back to looking at him through the binoculars lit up up in that (laughs) close. (laughs) Uh, We... When I look back, or when I was cutting that, when I was running away from that building and getting out in that field, I'm thinking to myself, in my head, I'm like, that's going to be awesome. That is going to look so fucking good. Save that. Yeah. And it, and at the same instant, the other half of my brain's going, dude, you're playing a video game with a buddy. Knock it the fuck off. <laughs> it's like, so, but I am... The biggest stumbling block I have with this with this machinima project is it, it, you have to have scripted lines, and I'm like, I don't want to do it. But shooting something like that live action, you forget it. It's also gonna be it also be a nightmare because you can't. There's certain things I want to do that you have to set up shots for, and that's where internally I'm going through a process of I've got to teach myself that. Because every time I've tried to work with something scripted, it just ends up not being well, and it's not. It's not as funny to be, and that's we were about to talk about. You know, Mayall died this year. Robin Williams killed himself. Uh, for me, Jonathan Winters died a couple, three years ago. All those guys are huge influences on me in that. Just riff, just play with it. Yeah, that's it. Like it's all ad lib. It's all you know. It's from the heart. It's like down to whatever circumstances happen right there. You know, and I, I that's I love that kind of thing. I'm working on a scripted thing with. Um, the guys from uni at the moment and it's just hard work for me because I have to work with people on it and I have to like stick to a script and it's just shot for shot and it's just hard work for me. I normally work on my own and do it whichever way I want. 
I love I love Andrew to death, but I do remember thinking when you told me, yeah, Andrew's going to Unity to be a script writer. I'm like, well, he can clean up my crappy English, but he's not touching anything else. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so not fair to Andrew, because that is an important important part of making films, commercials, and other things that I want no part of. Um, but it, it's just so ingrained in me that it's like, ew. You're, I met I met a scriptwriter once. I'm like, you sorry bastard, and I'm like, he told me he goes, I don't, I can't write for fun anymore, and I'm like, oh god, oh that's awful. Yeah, because it's it, and and from everything I've watched over the years, there are some actors that just if it's not in the script, they're not going to do it, and it's like, what? Where's your so bizarre thing? Yeah, so bizarre. They're happy like that. It's like, where's your sense of fun? You know, I mean, you guys, I, I, I'm, I'm kind of really happy to hear that you, you like that. I want more filmmakers in the world that want to play with it, that don't want to, I'm telling this epic tale of epicness, get the fuck out of my way. Yeah, it's just, well, I don't think I'd ever get given like a million quid budget to make a film like that, but uh, making it myself. I'd love, you know, I think I'd prefer to make it myself with no budget. And that's where creativity comes into play. Like Andrew, he's he done a, a script writing bit for his course, but he's like, he's more into story writing now, you know, like, and he's doing really well. And it's just, I think he can like, you know, really turn what he's writing into a script. And the other way around, you can really turn scripts he's written into a story. It's just, it's good how it all comes into play because he's a, a filmmaker first and foremost. And, uh, you know, all these different components and all these skills, they come into place. I'm sounding like a teacher in school now, but it's it's true, isn't it? You know? No, this conversation's going exactly like I hoped it would go. Then we talk more about stuff that interests me that a lot of times I can't fill in the day to find somebody to talk to it about. I <laughs> <laughs> talk about video games that fucking all. Because it's like, we do that already. You know, I... I, I, I there's a point where script has to come in, where some mechanics have to come in, where some thinking has to be done. But as a guideline, I think, do you think, um, like, you know, don't go word for word and you stop when there's a full stop. I think it should just be a guideline and then get given to the actor. There was something that got shared on Facebook um, the past couple of weeks where um, unscripted lines in films and all the best bits from Dumb and Dumber, they were unscripted and other films I can't remember on that list. And it's just, you know, all the funny things I've been laughing about and remember from these films, they were the unscripted bits. Well, see, for me, how do I put this? Nobody ever told me that I was weird, but, like, when I would start to riff or sound off when I was a little kid, you just get that vibe of what the fuck's wrong with you. Yeah. <laughs> and it's, 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 it's nobody's fault that it stifled or that, you know, that maybe my creativity was stifled a little bit. But at the same time, I, I will go the rest of my life making damn sure I'm around people like me. <laughs> you know, I don't, and that's nothing against any of my teachers, not my parents. My parents are fine with it. But, like, any of my teachers or, or friends I may have had when I was really young. But I don't... I just want to be around people that like to have a good time and aren't going to get to take things too seriously, you know, because there are times when things have to change and when things have to go away. And I'm, 
always the type of person that if everything I'm doing right now on the internet goes away tomorrow, okay, that's fine. Trust me, I'll be back. I, it's yeah. not, it's not, by the way. Don't anybody that cares panic. <laughs> I'm not announcing my retirement. You're not getting rid of me that easy. I have too I have too many more people to piss off. Okay, you really do. <laughs> yeah, but how do you? We're not going to talk about this from my end at all. Okay, so that's off the table. But how do you deal with people that criticize you in a non-constructive way? Let's call it that. I don't want to use any of the internet terms because I get sick of them. But do you just ignore it, or do or um, how do you deal with it? Some uh, like sometimes you should like think like back in the beginning when I used to start putting stuff on the internet or whatever like. It should be question them like myself. Why are they doing this? What am I doing wrong? You know, what can I change? But I, I looked into them. Like some people send me rubbish on Facebook, and I look into you know, go onto their profile, and they're the people doing nothing. They haven't got a job. They got about thirty eight kids, and they're twelve. You know what I mean? I just think, you know, what what you've got in your life, the, the excitement and the joy in your life is telling me that I'm, you know, rubbish when I'm trying to do something, if, if not for the masses, but for myself or just having a laugh, trying stuff out, like like a two-second video I put up on Facebook, which, you know, people are meant to watch once and just it is what it is. But they deconstruct that. Oh, the camera was shaky. You know, it wasn't a good angle and stuff. Like, who are you? And no, I just really don't care. And no, I quite enjoy it and I encourage it. It depends. My problem is... When it goes on and on, like I'm, I'm okay with criticism just fine, but I am, I, I'm so fucking lazy these days. And the problem is I know that with the way my head works and with the what what I'm able to say, (laughs) (laughs) in a lot of cases saying anything back, it's just going to make it worse. And it's, and I, and I'm not going to have anybody to blame by, but myself because once you engage that, you're going to go for the kill. I mean, that's, that's my right. instinct is to go for the kill. And so in a lot of cases, it's better not to say shit than it is to – and it, it's hard. It took me a long time to learn to just suck up and endure it. You know, we've talked about on WonderPod, uh, PewDiePie. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, I said it. I finally said it. And Total Biscuit, like, turned off their comments. Because it was ruining their lives. And I thought, I had to think about what they were saying. Because the only way it ruins my life is, great, now I've got six fights on the internet that i got to go read these comments. I mean, that was me prior to WonderPod starting. Great. Yeah. I pissed off these six people. i got to go read their comments. Their comments are going to piss me off, and I'm going to fucking just continue the troll festival with me being part of it. Because they're going to make me mad, and I'm going to say something, and it's going to keep going and going and going and going and going. And, like, a week of it I'm okay with, you know, but, <laughs> like, after a while, even I get, it, there's no more fun there. There's no more creativity there. Because even your worst critics sometimes can be, can, can, can produce some funny shit. But, yeah, you're right. But the internet is so, so much of the internet now is unclever, and they're just trying to fucking hit you in the balls. Oh, they really are. You know, I don't, it's like, I don't, oh, okay, so my mom's a whore. That's fucking original. Uh, hit me with, yeah. 
it was something clever. I mean, it's like if he could, if you, if you, in fact, I had a guy on Twitter DM me that, DM me, and his, I can't remember it now, it's been so long ago, it's been like seven, eight months ago. Uh, he followed me, and, and like he had some kind of gamer account. I'm like, eh, he might be useful, so I followed him back. I didn't really pay attention. And so he immediately DM me and said he'd listened to a few of the shows on the podcast, and he said I was, he said that, um, how did he put it? He told me to kill myself in the most creative way I'd ever heard. <laughs> I sent him one back. And being a big strapping male, I don't have to worry about that. I may regret making that statement at some point. <laughs> but I'm thinking of, of obscure shit, so I think I'm okay. But at the same time, I, I DM'd him back. I'm like, dude, I gotta say, that has got to be the best cut I've taken of 2014. <laughs> some time and effort in it, and then it, I unfolded and blocked him. <laughs> oh, they hate that. No, I, I think you, you're cutting off the oxygen to the fire at that point. Yeah, and that's the best thing to do in a lot of cases. Like, I hate it when people say, don't worry about them, they're just jealous. They're not jealous, they're just cocks. <laughs> they're just, you know, they're just, it's just, there's no need for it, and, you know, you do it. And then they send a message, and what what are they expecting from us? You know, what do you want us to cry, or do you want us to send a letter of apology to the Pope? <laughs> I have no idea. <laughs> people are just people, and you know, it's the people that are doing not doing much with their lives. That's I I think that's the common trend. Well, that happens to be on the reverse, though. Like one of the big things I see on YouTube is people ripping on people for well, you've only got four subscribers, and three of them are your mom. And so it's like a lot of times when I see stuff on YouTube that's really irritates me, and I want to say something constructive about it. I go fuck. I don't have enough. I don't have a big enough YouTube account to even say this because all they're going to do is fucking troll me back with you've got five subscribers, your videos suck, blow me. And it's like it's and that's in cases where it's like if you say it, they really need a talking to. Like this is this what you're doing in this video is ridiculous. And so I just kind of decided that you know what. Fuck it. It's 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 so not worth my time to get involved with all that because, like you said, they're 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 miserable and they're not doing anything. I will take any kind of cut argument, beat down from somebody who's doing stuff, even if I think it's horrible stuff. Like like PewDiePie, I went because eh, I don't think he's all that entertaining. But the dude has made himself a career. I at at the end of the day, I gotta respect that. Yeah, you're right. Because he's he's gone out and done it. That dude could tell me I'm the most horrible human on the planet. All the stuff I say on WonderPod is offensive. Kind of true sometimes. All my videos, and I would go, okay, I can accept that from you because you know what, you're out there doing it, dude. <laughs> <laughs> Your videos suck. You're an idiot. You sound like a prick. But <laughs> you know, and, and and that's the same for uh, that's just, you know that's the same for who's that other one? The AJK. He sends me his videos just because I hate him. Uh, Psy Syndicate. I don't know much about him. Oh, don't watch his videos. He turns <laughs> he turns everything into he's a victim. Like oh, right. like he was playing Daisy. Went to a house. Dude's like, hey man, what's going on? He fills it full of lead. He goes, he had a gun. Like, he didn't do anything. <laughs> and you're so fucking terrified of your own shadow that you <laughs> killed the guy. It's, and he's trying to play it off as, as there was a threat there. And it's like, no, don't, don't be a disingenuous fraud. 
just say that you didn't feel like dealing with a guy so you filled him fully lead because you wanted his shit. Yeah. You know, and then you <laughs> something like Frankie, uh, Frank, what is it, Frankie on PC in 1080p, when he's being a dick, he just says it. Yeah, we're just trolling these people. <laughs> I, I can't watch you, dude, because you don't. But what we originally started talking about when I hit record, and it makes me, I mean, you're a, l- a little bit probably out of the target demographic uh, age-wise, but it makes me really happy to hear another person say that it's not about uh, metrics. Wow. Are we, it's even surprising me how much it is about follower counts and subscribers and comments. I mean, it was always, it was always about page views, you know, with website stuff, but yeah. And, and, and I fell into that trap for a while, but then I realized, I thought, damn, even starting wonder pod, you know, uh, that, that whole thing. I'm like, wow, look at all these cool people I've met. And, and exactly. Like, yeah. and it's on a daily basis. It's like, well, fuck the haters. Who cares about that? Who, and who cares? It's like, I I now know at least four to six new cool people that I want to maintain a relationship with. This is pretty fucking awesome. And that's better than, to me, and I suppose it's better than to you as well, than getting 100 million subscribers and whatever. You know, we just, to me, at least it's not. Before, I think I was telling Olivia, she's been making films, and, uh, you know, they get like 300 views, and she's happy with that. But then the next video... She's like, oh, it's only got 300 views. And then the next video gets 4,000. And, then, <laughs> and she's like, oh, this one's only got 4,000. Because she's expect it's always about wanting more. And I don't think it'll ever, ever stop, will it? Like, I, she watches all these crappy vloggers and, you know. <sighs> they, uh, they just, oh, this is me having a cup of tea or whatever. And they're like, oh, please like and comment my videos. I want more likes. I want more subscribers. They've got 2 million subscribers already. Like, where does it end? Wait, what what do they want? What else do they want from me? Well, that's where I respect Frankie. He's training to be a lawyer or a solicitor, as he as he calls it, because he's in the UK. All right. Well, he does videos whenever the fuck he has time, and people he's got I don't know 1.5 million subscribers. He's all the time. People are like, "You need to do more videos, dude. Stop with all that shit." And he's like, "No, I do this for fun." And I'm like, "Yes." You are, I mean, but with, with Olivia, she's probably going to kill me when she hears this, but <laughs> Olivia, she's still new enough at it, dude, that everybody, even I have a, like with the, like with the cultist video, it's like, damn it, this is not, this, this deserves more views. This is actually funny shit. This is not like the normal crap I do. This is actually funny. And it's like, yeah. it's not self-doubt. It's like, I know that's a good video. Yes, and you know you see these people. The uh, it's all to do with luck, really. You see these lucky oh, people nice. where they just they get all these subscribers and all these views, and they get a million views just for like farting in a cup and stuff, you know. And you, you think I put some time and effort into this, more people should see it, and they don't. Well, it's really... that's, that's the yang of it, though, is that you see, yeah, some chick with a oh god, now I'm being sexist. Okay, let me rephrase that. So, I'm not cutting that out because everybody knows I'm too lazy. Some idiot with a small, nondescript dog I'd like to punt in the middle of next week. I'm still describing a female. And <laughs> they're talking about eyeliner. And it's like, hey, look, 10 million views. It's like, then it's hard not to be bitter about it. It's hard not to go, there's no justice in this world. Yeah. I spent two days making a video of us getting ourselves scared shitless 
And I got, like, not even a fucking 64th of the views this video's got. We, I have people, my good friends, when they troll me, I'm, I'm happy with it. Because they will email me shit like that. Going, yeah. watch this video, and it's just a YouTube link. Those pricks. And I'll click on it, and it's some vlogger that, you know... <laughs> It was the VidCon, you know. Have you yeah, yeah. Heard of VidCon. Sorry. Have you heard of VidCon? It's you. Yeah, I have. Yeah. I guess oh. it's. it's Bernie... a massive asses. Bernie gave a keynote there, and he he's the one really made me think about this again. Because even as successful as they are, and as sometimes some of their younger Rooster Teeth employees sound like real cockheads. Uh, saying stuff in passing that if they thought about it they wouldn't have said it about views and metrics and stuff um he talked about how it's it's engaging with fans and they're doing an anime now called ruby and he said yeah we got like i don't know million views when we put the first episode of ruby on youtube but he's like you know what was important to me at M M mcm at fan expo oh yeah Ruby had only been out a little bit, and there were 50 people that cosplayed as Ruby characters at MCM. Wow. said, so those 50 people are far more important to me as far as the community goes than 5 million views. Exactly. It's like, that's a dude right there that makes a good living doing this shit, and he's telling you that. You know? And, hmm. And that's a good ethos to have. Like, it, it doesn't matter if, like, you have... Say five thousand views on a video. Like, how many do those people are watching it thinking this is at the shit? <laughs> you know, you can never tell. Like, oh look, it's got ten million views, but are all those ten million people thinking, wow, this is the best thing I've ever seen? I, I doubt it. Well, that's like one of my favorite YouTube channels, and I'm stunned that non-nerds like it. But I'm starting to wonder if his celebrity now is starting to pump it up to his uh, Gavin Free slow mo guys. Oh yeah, like slow motion shit, and it's me like me too. I just can't get enough of that. Yeah, and I mean that dude started his entire career learning how to shoot high speed film. The fucker. Yeah, <laughs> it's like I'm really good with this phantom camera. Okay, you and now you know doing all these different things with Rooster Teeth without you know. I think what's his famous one? He was he shot on Sherlock Holmes too. Uh, wow. Couple other big, and it's like when somebody showed me his channel. It was before I got back into Rooster Teeth and started annoying the Wonderpod audience with my yammering about it. Somebody showed me his channel, and I'm like, "That's high speed." Oh fuck! Because I love the high speed shots in MythBusters. Oh and yeah. I thought once or twice, why doesn't somebody do a show with all high speed stuff? Because I love looking at that, like you know. 10,000 frames a second, 5,000 frames a second, whatever will stay in HD. I gotta admit, when it gets to the point where it's SD again, <laughs> snobbity going, ew. Yeah. I... Because the only two snobbery things I think I will say I have about film, and I have to be careful not doing it to my friends because they don't know any fucking different, uh, you know, my like uh, non-nerd friends, is vertical cell phone videos. Oh, you're right. And SD. <laughs> and, you know, it's like, oh, God, even I'm a snob in some things. That's a tough fucking thing to deal with. But That's something I'm a snob about as well. My mother is, like, filming our, my niece and nephew. I'm like, just go up to him, turn the phone around, just, like, you know, letterbox. I think of a letterbox. Why did you, 
what is there's something in the human brain that happens though don't you think because think about it if you're taking a picture with a digital slr you're looking at it horizontally right you're not turning the fucking thing vertically yeah you're right when people immediately take a cell phone video and i do it too and i've gotten some personal friends of mine pissed off at me when i turn their phones i do this right you fucking idiot (laughs) they immediately keep it vertical and i can't figure out why that makes sense to them because it does it doesn't even dawn on them it's like if i turn this sideways it's like a camera yeah it's just but i i did moan about that like i've been moaning about that for years and years and then the other day i saw um these two strange people sitting on a bench in the middle of Cardiff and there was a busker. I think they're like an oldish couple and they were just dancing, sitting down. And I looked back at the footage and thought, I filmed, I filmed it the wrong way. I've done a mother. Yeah. <laughs> and I just, and then I had to upload it to um, Instagram then. So nobody could see the lines. <laughs> I have, I, I have one up on Chris because I have yet, I'm going to fucking screw myself saying this. It's <laughs> happened to me. I have one up on, Mr. Film Professional, I have yet to fuck that up. It's come close. I will admit it's come close a couple times. Oh, God. Something. But my brain, I think, almost automatically now turns it to the side. And the thing is, is the videos, A, look better, and B, if you're going to put it in any kind of post-production editing, that vertical one just doesn't. It just doesn't. Yeah, it just looks dumb. Because I have have no idea. I I have a couple of cell phone videos on my personal YouTube channel they're not there to entertain nerds. They're there to entertain my mother, um, <laughs> you know, and other family members. And it's it's like when I put those into NHC VideoPad, a lot of times I gotta actually put it in movie Windows Movie Maker because it won't. It tries to NHC tries to default the thing vertical, and it's like wow. no, 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 no. I don't want it vertical. <laughs> and then I'll monkey with it and export it and. <laughs> You know, Tenny. I actually, you know what I export in? Have you heard me say that on on WonderPod? I'm not sure. I export it, pal. I like it better than than the other one. Than, than, yeah. Yeah. I I the first video I decided to do uh, when I got NHC and and fully go full hog with it render. You know, meaning it's going to eat up my computer for three or four hours. Yeah, uh, yeah. That's a pain in the ass. I looked at I did well no I was completely insane about it I did it twice I knew I was gonna be gone all day but I would be around the house uh, about midday all I, right. at 25 frames and 24 frames and I could actually tell a slight difference with pal and so I'm like all right I'll keep that but yeah that's the that's the only downside when you do bigger videos especially video game videos it seems like. Oh man, one gig is about one hour render. <laughs> and Glenn keeps telling me, I can't believe you leave the house when you're rendering. I'm like, I can't take it. Well, I know. Like, I can't watch it. It drives me fucking bonkers. Oh, I hate it too. I, I often leave the house or so, like try and do other things. But, well, if I'm in the house, I'm like, I go to grab the computer. I'm like, oh, I can't do anything on it. I'm just. <laughs> That's right. But Glacinators, I think where Glacinators' terror comes from is he's in, he's in college for or university for animation, and so yeah. he's rendering a lot of stuff in Maya, which is a lot more prone to crashes than say you know some kind of video editing software where it's really got to be having a bad day before it crashes. Yeah. About the biggest problem I have is sometimes the preview 
if it's loading up my computer's RAM too much, sometimes the preview will really go to shit on me when I'm trying to watch and, and edit at the same time. And then, okay, so I got to save this and then uh, save it and then, you know, reboot the computer because it's getting a little cranky about the whole thing. <laughs> but uh, rendering, I mean, even even with a middle, middle line processor, it makes that processor fucking scream, but... So far, it's just been, you know, it's been fun. Yeah. Other tight, yeah. What uh, have you have you worked at all with Final Cut? See, it's funny. I find that a lot of guys like Final Cut, and then a lot of guys like Adobe. And there's, I, I, it would, you know what? It would come down to whoever gave me a copy of what, because that shit's expensive. <laughs> it really is. Um, I, um. I, I, I've had a go of Final Cut and I thought that's where I was going to be using it in university, but um, I, I was gutted when I saw it was the Premiere because Premiere is just like the ins and outs of a duck's ass. You have to do it, tweak every little bit and everything, but I think it's kind of like iMovie, like an advanced version of iMovie, really. That's how I found uh, Final Cut because, you know, there's a lot of help along the way and it's just simple. But I, I wouldn't mind learning how to use Final Cut. I think that'll be a big benefit to me. But I'm just gonna crack on with Premiere for well, the time being, at least. I think if I was, if, if if I get anywhere with anything, I'd rather use Final Cut because then I could get a Mac laptop that that's its only job. Yeah, that's it. That's I had to use my Mac now for anything else apart from editing, so that's why it just runs smooth as shit. Again, watching Rooster Teeth stuff and listening to those guys talk, you kind of almost, and their office is split like 50-50, it almost seems like. Half of them use Adobe Premiere and half of them use Final Cut. So they both must be pretty good programs on balance. I think it comes down to personal taste. But for me, I'm so PC-based and playing games that if I had a Mac, I mean, I'd I'd use it for travel and stuff like that, but if I had a Mac, I know it would be really super easy for me to say, "This this is an editing machine. You know, use it for the podcast, use it for video. Other than that, that's its only job. Because it's so tempting when you use a PC to start putting other stuff on it. <laughs> and, yeah, you're right. And it's <laughs> not... down the process. Oh, I wanted cake. <laughs> I think that's Apple's game, isn't it? They don't make, um, they say it's like a design tool, but um, that's because nothing fucking works on it. There's no <laughs> games that work on it, you know? <laughs> <laughs> I wish I wish they would become slightly more open. But honestly yeah. when I've uh I know a friend who's got a, a small time band and he was looking into starting to edit their own stuff and record their own stuff and I'm like, How much money do you got to spend? And he's like, uh, I got like five grand. I'm like, You should be able to get a MacBook and some version of Pro Tools. Get that and only use it for that. I'm like, do you have some other kind of computer? He's like, yeah, I got a PC for fucking around on. I'm like, fine. Get it, spend that five grand to get a MacBook and Pro Tools, and don't use it for anything else. If your band wants to record, fine. You know, plug it in. I, he goes, well, can you help me with that? I'm like, fuck, I don't know. Do you guys got a? <laughs> I know. <laughs> I can't. This is what I finally told him was on the phone was I can't. I'm like. <laughs> Are you going to use a mixing board or you're not? It's like, I think it's better that you learn how you teach yourself how to do it 
Rather yeah, than, right. I mean, I could put Pro Tools on there for you and teach you the interface. I've used Pro Tools a little bit. But I think it's better to... Because uh, that's the one limiting factor of doing video game video right now is there's no way with a Windows-based machine to get it to record single every audio in a separate track. All right. And that's a nightmare. But I can imagine. A lot of times the you got to lower your in-game audio so that whoever you're playing with doesn't get drowned out by audio. Yeah. And uh, it, it, it also, even with the podcast, there's times, because I'm a louder personality and because I'm now using an even more different mic than I was previously, I'd like to have all those guys in a separate channel. So, like, John's usually softer talker, so I could get him a little louder on his own. Placinator's kind of in between me and John, you know, but yeah, short okay. mixing board, doing a bunch of monkey rigging, it's not doable on PC, and it's kind of pissing me off. Uh, so would you, are you considering buying a Mac then? Do you think you'll get one? Yeah, just as soon as I rob enough liquor stores to afford one. Everything that I want to get Mine. PC. So I gotta have two. It's the problem, and it's like the yeah. expensive to afford. I but I buy my Mac secondhand all the time. It's like half the price, and then I'm less concerned if they, you know, fuck up or whatever. Like there's always a year warranty on it. I can go in and swap in. Just I can, and I if when I get something brand new, I, I I suppose you're the same. I'm really super careful with it. I just wanna you know wrap it in cotton wool when I take it away. But you know when when something's like secondhand, pre-owned or whatever you wanna call it. I just I haven't got that. I do look after it, but you know, I'm not worried about taking it outside and wherever. Well, that's the other problem too. I'm old enough that my desktop, the the nerve center of my operation, gets treated like gold. My yeah. laptops, my tablets, my consoles, they get a little rougher because. <laughs> <laughs> so actually, if I was to actually get a Mac laptop, I would have to train my brain. <laughs> better to it because all that stuff I didn't, and again like you were saying I don't you know take it outside and leave it in the rain or anything stupid or throw it you know just throw it in a laptop backpack and then throw it in the vehicle <laughs> but at yeah. the same time there's a comfort knowing that if, if it breaks I've got still got access to everything I need access to that's and, right and, you know and so it's just so much money Even, it really even, is even if I had the money to buy one secondhand or new, I, I, I my brain immediately thinks, you know, the gaming PC I could get for this, man, I exactly so much faster. <laughs> but it's like, well, yeah, but then I got to put an editor on that same PC. It's like, ah, you're ne you're never gonna win because you know you um you just you're gonna muck up one or the other. Yeah, you know, and it's I don't know. I'd, I'd love to be able to get a Mac for that. I've never been one of those platform guys. I don't... I tell people all the time, get what works for you. You're right. Because, you know, different people have different needs. And, you know, they got these, like, it's the same with consoles, isn't it? You know, oh, I'm a Sony boy, I don't touch Xbox. Like, why? You know, they're both as good as each other. I've I so had it with that. I know. Like, 
and it's always going to be a thing, and it always has been. A, a console's as good as its games. I keep on saying that, but like some games I want on Xbox One, some games I want on PlayStation Four. You know, okay. I'm never going to be like, oh, I don't want to play that awesome game because it's on a console I don't agree with. That's such a vegan attitude to have. <laughs> oh, oh. <laughs> For the vegans might have some listening. I don't. It's almost similar to sex. It's like, why do I want to turn down something that could potentially be fun? Yeah, I, I, you know, I, outside of something that's going to cause me pain, I'm pretty much good with whatever because it, <laughs> me realm because it's like you're just shutting the door to an avenue of cool stuff to do. Exactly. I, what scares me, I think, Chris, is about that whole fanboyism stuff. Is I like to delude myself into thinking it's all twelve to seventeen year old boys. But yeah. It, Think it, is. it really isn't, is it? And, I, and that terrifies me. It's like, look, when I was first on the internet, and or when the internet first started really going, 2001, 2002, 2003, uh, me and my pals trolled some people. Of that, there is no doubt. I, I have never kept it a secret that we were kind of assholes. <laughs> and it was oh, I think we've all done that. Yeah, it, it was fun for five minutes. And it's like, eh, this is not entertaining. This is, you know. But it just, I... I, I just have a, such a hard time with it because I try and understand where people are coming from. And I don't, there's so much going on in gaming and, and, and the internet and nerdism right now that I don't, I don't understand why, you know. But the thing is, is gaming and all of that is maturing, whether the children like it or not. The medium is maturing. You're, you're right. You really are. You know, even doing video content for the internet, it, the the mediums, but and it's been coming. I I've seen it coming, but you still you have these two forces of people who don't want it to change, and people who want it to change faster. And what neither side gets is a change is coming, and b you can't rush true change. And it's not, you know, it's not a manufactured thing, is it? It's something that just happens, like it's something, you know, something quite organic change. You force a change and it never works. Well, that's what, I mean, that's what, you know, politicians in your country, in my country, they try and tell you they're going to change things. And I often wonder, uh, let's use Egypt, even though it's not settled and it's not, you know, happy hunky-dory yet. I often wonder how many people think that the motivation behind the Arab Spring started two days before CNN was filming. <laughs> because You're right. it doesn't happen like that. It happens net organically, as you said. There's a groundswell. First it's murmurs, and then it's this, and then it's, you know, and, and then you see the part that gets put on TV. And I'm starting to wonder how many people think, or, or how many people actually understand how long true change takes. You know, I don't have anything personal because I abhor politics and I think all politicians are liars and bastards to steal a line from Billy Conley, but... That's that's true. <laughs> but, like, what, the only thing that pissed me off about Barack Obama is he's like, I'm campaigning on hope and change. Well, hope's fine, but you ain't changing shit in eight years, buddy. Yeah. <laughs> that's not how it works. And it just, it, it, it irritated me because it's like, all these people falling for it. It's like, He's a politician. He can't change that much in eight years. You know, he's gotten his health care networks for some people. Great. 
okay, so you change one thing, but true change, and that's what you're seeing right now in video games and internet stuff in general, is the change is happening, but it's not a mature medium by any stretch, giving you the example I started to that I'll do a little more on this week's WonderPod. Uh, you know, because so many people still look down their nose at all things nerd. You know, it hasn't yeah. made mainstream. <laughs> Do you think nerd is becoming the mainstream? If you get me, I think there's a lot of people trying to look like nerds, do things that nerds like. You know, is a like five years ago, no one gave a shit about Marvel comics and stuff um, in this country, at least. You know. I, I was like in a, I, I read them, I collect them, I had to go to a, like a city on the, you know, quite a distance away to go to a comic shop. But now everyone gives a shit about it. And the nerdy, the cool thing to do is the nerdy thing to do. You know, I never thought about it in that context. You know what's, you know the question I get asked all the time? What's that? Does the Big Bang Theory piss me off? And I go, no, outside of it's not that funny. No, what they're riffing on does not bother me. And I oftentimes wonder when nerds get pissed off about that show if they're pissed because they're actually ripping on stuff they love or, or, or using stuff they love as the vehicle for the weekly joke or if they're getting or if they're pissed and offended because their secret little haven is being shown to yeah. the world. That's what I was going to say. Like Sometimes like I used to love, like, for example, Take It Back Sunday, you know, Right. A small pocket of us in our little town used to know where they were and you know where the hoodies were ever and no one cared. And then they become on these mainstream channels and then the people we don't really like start to listen to them and you see you know and then you think, oh, fuck these guys, you know. I I think that's what the big bang theory is. Like, oh you like you 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 regular dudes, you dudes outside of um my little bubble, you know about the things I've had been secretly hated for for years and now you're enjoying it. It's just, uh, that's just bizarre. I think, I think it's evolving now. Uh, like, I often wonder what will be uncool because what was cool before is now, it was cool to be cool before, but now it's cool to be uncool. I don't know where I'm going with this, but do you know what I mean? But when... I, I do know what you mean. It, it, it's weird for me, and I, I swear to God, people think I say this to get sympathy, and I want no sympathy from anybody. I want you just to get out of my way. Um, just get cream for it, Bruce. Just get some cream for it, Bruce. Uh, well, <laughs> I, I have set up my life as such that I walk in so many different worlds that I don't fit in anywhere. <laughs> not cool. I am just me. And I've been me since I was about 19. Because it's, it is a mental switch of gears when I'm 30 minutes before this show talking to somebody about the design of their barn in, <laughs> in, in a high wind area to flipping a switch hopefully pretty seamlessly to come on here and talk about other passions that i have so many people are singularly focused and that it's easier for them and good for them i just have never been i'm not satisfied with having one passion and one focus i like yeah like that all over the map and so in a lot of cases asking me what's cool and not cool and what's going to be cool next how the fuck should i know <laughs> i can't keep up with the four or five things that i do and people you know like 
Uh, I was wearing a pair of pants this weekend that they're standard issue, cowboy pants, blah, blah, blah. And, and some dude goes, you know, those are kind of out of style these days. I go, you know what? They fit my long legs and my crotch comfortably. So take your style and fuck off. Yeah. <laughs> it's exactly. like, I'm, I, I, that's where in that respect, not understanding what cool is, not being cool and not caring is nice because I got to the point now where unless like a point five percent of the time where I've got to be at, at events that it's just easier to blend in than stick out, I wear whatever's comfortable. I don't give two screaming shits about where I'm going and what I'm doing. I mean, they're lucky I was wearing clean clothes at that particular party, but it was a good buddy of mine's birthday, and so it's like, yeah, I'll, 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 I'll wash. <laughs> like, housebroken. <laughs> because have you have you noticed that that doing stupid shit at public events is so far different a thing than doing stupid shit when you're at somebody else's house? You are right. Saying say whether it's just saying something inappropriate. <laughs> inappropriate. <laughs> I'm, I never thought a hermit ass like me would say this, but I vastly prefer public. It's like, yeah, sure, there's a bigger chance I might end up in county jail for an evening. Or <laughs> I win. Not these days. But, like, you become part of the part of the culture of that event. And it's, yeah. it's not something I recommend, but it is kind of fun now and again. I, I do agree with you like that. I, I think I'd prefer it that way. It's just... I think it gets easier with uh, getting older, that kind of thing. Do you it, think? It gets easier to stop. It gets easier to know where the line is. When I, I just, was in my 20s, the line was wherever I stopped. And how I, how many ever offended or people will it, ready to hit me in the face uh, were how many Because <laughs> I truly did not give a shit. I had a, and I'm stealing another line from Billy Conley, I had a real James Dean complex when I was in my 20s. It's like, Live fast, die young, and I can't fulfill the leave a beautiful corpse, even if I wasn't maimed in the incident, because I'm not, <laughs> I'm not active. But I, I legitimately didn't give a shit. I wasn't suicidal or anything stupid like that. But well, no, that's not stupid. But you know what I mean. I wasn't. I didn't. Have I know to, what you mean. Yeah. I, I know. That's wish. But and when I heard Conley talk about this, I felt like so reassured that I wasn't alone, um, because I hadn't talked about it to anybody about it. But I just, I didn't give a fuck. I didn't give a crap. Oh, that's the biggest guy in the bar, and he's always here, and and and, and he don't like strangers. Go right up to him and just start fucking tearing him apart. And I don't mean physically. I mean at first verbally. <laughs> usually, it, yeah. usually it's not physical by the time I was done. <laughs> now, I think about how much it hurts to get hit. I think about the fact that I don't want to go to jail. I never did, but... I never wanted to go to jail, and I've only been in one inside one jail cell my entire life. Me too. Uh, uh, and, and, and there's again, it's kind of like the internet criticism thing. It's like it's going to take so much effort because once I'm done fucking having my fun and making my buddies laugh, ripping on this guy, he's going to want to rip me in half. And it's like, <laughs> so I think the only thing age brings, at least from my perspective, is the line. You you respect the line. Right. Yeah. Fucking the line. <laughs> like Olivia is like sometimes I'm doing. I've I don't really have a filter sometimes. Well, a lot of the time, and I say something on Twitter, or wherever, or in public, and she says, pulls me to one side. That's really offensive. Like, you know, <laughs> oh, you got to like, have that too. 
And I, I'm like, really? What, what did I say? What you said back then was offensive. And I was just going through the conversation, like, what did I say? But that, that's just, that's, I, th- I think that's kind of like that James Dean complex. And I'm like, you know, I don't care what people think about me, really. None of them, you know, the people who like me are the people who want to bother with me and I bother with them back. If strangers think I'm an arsehole or an idiot, who cares? But, you know, I don't see beyond that sometimes. But I've got that... She's not a controlling force, but she's a guiding light. <laughs> no, and, and you know what? It'd probably do me well to, to get that in my life in some shape or form. Because there are times where I am so into doing this thing or that thing that I, I don't realize the effect it's having on, on other people I give a shit about. It's interesting to me that, well, the problem today, and this is really, to me, only started cropping up in the last five or six years, people looking to be offended. Like, obvious no-nos that you cannot say. Like, even I, at times, will think of something really funny on Twitter to put on Twitter or to put in social media or or to say on the podcast. And I have one good friend, I call him neighbor friend on the podcast, uh, that I will text it to because it's offensive. Yeah. If any one wrong person hears it, even as obscure as I tend to keep myself, I'm doomed. (laughs) (laughs) And it goes back to, again, I just don't want to deal with it. People who are genuinely offended, people who want to debate, that's what it is. Let me stop myself. Nobody wants to debate. They just want to scream at top volume until you agree with them. I'm really, you're wrong. You were in the wrong here. I'm going to think you're a son of a bitch. It's like I'm willing to debate anything I've ever said that's offensive or people I've torn to shreds, except Cliffy. Um, <laughs> he's going to ask that. <laughs> you're right. <laughs> I've got to keep up the joke. It's just, I don't, if I ever met that dude, I'd be so embarrassed. I'd fucking be. Not that he's ever heard a damn thing I've said, but I'd be so embarrassed like that I'd have to go through <laughs> Yeah, I've got a little tiny internet podcast. I've done nothing but slag you off for like fucking five, or five years. Sorry. <laughs> but um, but uh, but it's just the fact that nobody wants to have an honest debate about anything. They just want to be right. screaming holler about everything. And I've been saying to Olivia the last couple of weeks, but I've noticed it the last couple of years, everyone's just getting so offended about everything. Like I've, I've worked in a shop and like this guy in a wheelchair came in and I said, Oh, this disabled customer, and you know, he needs help. And they're like, You said disabled. What? That's not what we say anymore. What do we say? And then they've got some four paragraph long explanation instead of saying, You know what I mean? It's just, and everyone's just super offended about anything. Like, um, another controversial topic in Holland, they've got, um, they've got like during Christmas time, they've got a a traditional like Santa's helper is called Black Pete and is portrayed as a, like a, a black painted person and there's a march in Holland and all this aggravation and riots and stuff because all these middle-aged white men and women were against the racial implications of it perhaps and all the other you know all the guys of that ethnicity they're just like what, what are you on about I think it's the wrong people getting offended about the wrong things things that don't affect them but they want to be involved in it and I think that goes in with a lot of topics, you know? There's, uh, it's funny, I'm thinking, I'm not offended by somebody being painted in blackface, but I'm thinking, oh my God, you'd get fucking murdered here uh, in the U.S. 
here's the thing, and it's it's one of the few super intelligent things this guy ever said. JCC, the guy that ran Morphe Nation after Jim left and while I was gone in the South, uh, said that white people have the biggest guilt complex you've ever seen. <laughs> now, his, right. his following premise was they have no reason to have it. Well, that's not entirely true, especially not here. Uh, but that's the problem is you become... You become so afraid of offending another race, race, ethnicity, you know, sexual orientation. I have a, I have a gay buddy that, like, he tells me the most horrible, offensive jokes. And I'm like, Phil, this is not fair. I can't tell anybody yeah. these. Yeah, <laughs> I can't retell us. I know. And I'm like, ah, because he knows, he knows that sooner or later I'll fuck up and say it to somebody. As yeah. And I'm like, dude, don't you feel you're like doing your fellow homosexuals a disservice by doing? He's like, fuck no. Who do you think I heard it from? I'm like, uh <laughs> When I went to that party this weekend, and the poor bastard audience, they're gonna hear some of this regurgitated two shows in a row. But fuck them. Uh, <clears throat> I had to like think of <clears throat> in my head a list of appropriate, <clears throat> not appropriate jokes. Yeah. <laughs> like, you know, uh, uh, I could I could tell the one, the really cheesy old one, my favorite that I've told on the podcast a couple times. You know, what do you call a guy with a, uh, his arm in a horse's ass? It's an Amish mechanic. Like <laughs> I could tell that. One. Uh, I'm trying to. That's good. Trying to think of the one that I heard the other day that wasn't going to fly. It wasn't really super offensive, but it wasn't going to fly. Now I can't remember the damn joke. But I'm like, okay, that one's out. And. I have to stop myself and re- and and put this li- mental list together of stuff I can't say and do. I'm exactly the same because you're dealing with an, a, an audience that's not comfortable. I think it's also why I get stage fright really bad because it's like in a moment of panic or terror, in a moment of attempting to kickstart the funny, I could say something that would get me lynched by a, an audience, like like an yeah. audience that's actually physically present because. I love the people that talk about how podcasting, oh, we're talking to so many people. No, you're not. You're talking to two or four dudes on Skype. This yeah, is, and other people are listening. This is the easiest fucking gig in the world because he, <laughs> theoretically there's an audience, but who gives a fuck? We're two dudes. If there was if there was a table and two beers and we were physically together, this is us essentially bullshitting at the pub about things that piss us off. And, and that's all this is. And then... I post it places, it becomes public, and then people can listen to it. It is the laziest gig as far as dealing with an audience goes. You know, you still want the engagement, obviously, but stand-up comics will always have my respect because that's people who... That is a hard job, isn't it? That's people who could fucking tear you to shreds. (laughs) (laughs) You know, I say something that offends people, they got to chase me around on social media. Or call for my head on a platter. And I could turn all that off in like two seconds and ignore it for a week. <laughs> <laughs> you know, when you're live on stage, I went to a comedy night um, at the town I went to school at and watched this guy bomb. And they oh. are ripping him to sh- He wasn't funny. And I'm what my buddies are getting into heckling him. And they're, I'm sitting there just not saying anything. And I'm like, when we were leaving the show, because two of the three comics were pretty funny. Yeah. Uh, the, but the middle guy, just he just was nervous. His jokes weren't funny. His two opening jokes weren't funny. And the crowd wanted to watch the third guy. 
uh, who had some like Californian notoriety. I don't even remember the dude's name. He was all right. But I'm just, I'm sitting there the whole entire time. I'm not saying anything. I just like ordered another drink and, and just waited for the, waited for it to be over. Like I was feeling as awkward because I felt bad for him. And when we went out, when we left the club or left the bar, my one friend's like, Hey, I noticed you didn't join in on heckling. That seems like it'd be right up your alley. I'm like, dude, that guy was dying. Like, in the most horrible, awkward position you could be in, short of running into a crowded theater nude and not meaning to. <laughs> oh man! Because I guess we're embarrassed for people like that. I, I, I understand why a lot of comics do drugs and drink because that's the only way you get me up on stage. I'd have to have a couple. Yeah, me too. There's no way in hell I could do that stone cold sober. Uh, it, it, it ultimately always makes sense to me why comics you know <laughs> were well that and there's such a level of crazy there where addictive personality they had no real shock that they also have that too <laughs> because because it takes balls to get up on stage and my buddy was like a couple weeks later he shot me an email they lived in they live uh further south of me and they were just up visiting and he shot me an email he goes you know i'm not gonna heckle comics anymore like no you heckle ones that are being dicks they're yeah. ripping on people in the audience, and they're not actually funny. They don't have any observational humor or prepared jokes. Those are the fuckers you heckle. Um, but this guy, this guy just was, and he didn't get off the stage. He kept trying to go for like a. Oh, that's making me cringe, and I'm right there. <laughs> uh, uh, this has been several years ago, and it's making me cringe now. The poor bugger. <laughs> yeah, I I really wanted to kind of find him after the show and go, dude. Don't give up because I can't believe you stood on stage for ten minutes and let those people fucking tear you apart. Like I was getting ready to start yelling at the audience. That's what. I'm... <laughs> oh really? Fucking sons of bitches! You got to be kidding me. How about how about any of you drunks get up there and let us fucking rip you to shreds for a while? Because there was all there was four or five guys that were really vocal, and it's like, how about you? How about you guys get up there? Let me let me do my best trolling material on you and see what you think. While you're yeah. in a microphone in a crappy bar with a with a spotlight on you, and hey, I'll give the next credit comic credit. He didn't say a word about him. Like at times, I've seen comics light into other comics that bombed. He didn't. He just did his show, and I thought, oh, good. Wow, I it's, bet that took a lot of self control. No, I think it was he'd been there. I don't think uh, the comic going that has. I don't care how famous they are now. Um, I don't. You know, you just reminded me we were talking about offending people. How has Frankie Boyle not been killed? I know, but I, I quite like the guy. I really like the guy. <laughs> but people send me stuff that he did. Like, he got, I think he finally got fired, but uh, The Weekend Review, is that what it's called? What the hell was yeah, that? That's... What the hell was that recap show that he used to do? Oh, um, Mock the Week, is it? Perhaps. He. There are two bits people had sent me links on YouTube to, and I am not easily offended. It's it's pretty damn hard to actually personally offend me. Piss me off, yes. Offend me, no way. Yeah, I'm the same. Two, there were two separate bits on that show, and I can't remember either of them now from memory, but I was like, how in the fuck did they not get the... I know this is Britain, it's different, but I'm like, how in the fuck did they not get the hook right then and there? How is he... <laughs> I'm like, oh my god! This we all say we don't give a shit, and it's true to varying degrees. That motherfucker don't care. 
he really doesn't care what he says and to who. And I quite admire that about him. And he's quite funny. A lot of his stand-up is on um, Netflix. And it's just, you can't help but laugh. It's funny. You know, you can be over-offensive to people on Twitter or whatever. I don't condone that in any respect. But, you know, I like his stand-up and I think he's a witty guy. Well, that's like, I'm I'm having an internal debate about about whether I'm going to keep following Ricky Gervais. Because it's like, I don't have a problem with anybody with a religion, unless they're trying to cram it down my throat. I don't have a problem with atheists. I have a problem with atheists who are, or who, I have a problem with anti-theists who are masquerading as atheists. And Gervais is starting to get on my nerves. It's oh, like, yeah. we get it. You want religion driven from the earth. Good luck with that. How many fucking different civilizations have tried it? It's not, you know, I keep seeing these articles pop up from these fucking free thinkers and atheists quotes, heavy air quotes, religion will be gone within a generation. Maybe. Yeah. Maybe, but uh, yeah, I kind of want to live that long now. Cryogenically freeze me next to Disney. <laughs> yeah. Say Disney. As much as, as as much as it's such a hot button issue, I, I, I think some atheists should just be honest and say, I'm anti-religion and be done with it. And But at the same time, too, I... I try to picture a world where humans are without some kind of religion. I think the atheists and those anti-atheist people are the ones keeping it going more than anything because they don't shut up about it, do they? They're as bad as the fucking religious zealots. Yeah. Here's my point in this, and a long-time WonderPod listeners are probably going, dude, he talks all the time about how no politics, no religion. Where's he going with this? Is tech and the internet almost becoming like a cult? Well, I've never thought about that before, but you're right. <laughs> this is a thought I had. When you sit on a tractor for six or seven hours a day, your fucking brain starts to wander after a while. <laughs> Make sure the tractor doesn't end up in a highway, a ditch, or a tree. And you're, <laughs> that's a minimal amount of brain cells. Don't let anybody lie to you. Tell them, tell you that that, that at particular chore is a tough part of the job. It's not. It's, it's just literally keeping it pointed straight. But I wow. thought about this the other day. Is, like... It's starting to feel like maybe it is like it's a cult or a religion that if you don't partake in the internet and social media and followers and all these things, it's a fucking odd concept, isn't it? It really is. Like my, the my um, the internet of my parents, the lightning struck the bloody big transformer box at the top of the hill where they live, oh. and there was no internet. And I I went there home and I didn't have Netflix. I couldn't sign into Xbox Live properly. It was just doing my editing. So I watched DVDs, I read some book, you know, I did this, I did that. And I was like, I'm free. I am free. I felt free. Like I felt I was the most productive day I've had in years. But, you know, I was like, I felt like I just run off through some bloody tunnel from some cult, you know. Every time some fuckwit with a tractor cuts a fiber optic cable. Yeah. And usually down in the Bay Area, where the big, big, uh, you know, central hubs are for us up here, I am fucking furious for like 30 minutes. And then I usually, like you just said, have the nicest days <laughs> because it's cut off. Even just... if I'm playing a video game without Steam or without this or without that, it's like, I'm not checking Twitter. I'm not, you know what I did the last time it happened? I shut my What's phone, that? shut my phone off. Wow. Because I can't check Twitter, 
I don't have Facebook on my phone anymore because fuck you and two apps, but I can't check all my social media accounts. It was like, ah! I, I actually, I'm starting to wonder if maybe I shouldn't force myself to just take a, a laptop without internet and like go under a tree and write or read a book somewhere. It's like, holy shit. And that's, I think, where the thought came from eventually. You know, that that concept rattled around in my brain for a couple of weeks. Because, yeah, there's so many people who get so outraged when the internet's down. You know, look at game launches. I mean, a lot, yeah. of, that, a lot of that's fuckwit companies, but think about that. I mean, it's... It's, it's definitely a controlling factor in my life. Because I, I felt for, like, half an hour, like, what, what am I supposed to do? Like what, you know, I've got nothing to do now. I can't do this, I can't do that. Like, so, and I think I've got more, more creative that way because I didn't have anything. And do you know what? The entire couple of days that the internet was off, I didn't open my computer once. So that just tells me that if there's no internet, I don't bother with it. I know. I, a shame. I wonder how, because I, like I said, I've been thinking about doing this. I wonder how you structure life to where you can like step away from it because you're, you're, you're internet centric. I've set up my life sometimes on purpose, sometimes through just happenstance of things that happened to me to where I can focus on it too. You know, I mean, guys like Pat and John have, have, have real honest to God jobs. Um, and, and which mine is too, but I don't have the hours set hours, uh, you know, kids, wife, family, all that. So they're out and about more. So, yeah. you know, and I, so I'm wondering, how do I schedule, you know, because like the other day I was writing just the ideas for like the first four episodes of, of that project that I'm, that I'm wanting to do. Yeah. Kept getting fucking distracted. Like I got, I'm like, no wonder I don't write. I'm <laughs> like checking Twitter and you had said something funny that day. And I'm like, eh, do I don't want to reply to Chris. Nah, I said it 25 minutes ago. And I'm like, yeah, I check my email, and then I'm like, check Facebook, and I'm like, I look over at the other, I've got dual monitors, and I look over at the other monitor, and I've written three sentences. Like, <laughs> All right, that's it. I close, I close the mouse, or I close the uh, the browser, and I rip the Ethernet cord out of the back of my fucking tower. Wow. That's power you've got there. That's... Some people, I haven't got that willingness in me. I, it made me so mad, because this is actually something... I'm passionate about and something I, I do want to do under the right set of circumstances. And I'm like, bullshit, this is stupid. This is so stupid that, you know, and so I, you know, I wrote for like, I don't know. What did I get? I can load it up. What I, how much, how many different things I got done that day. And well, the, the other problem was I was going to do that. This is actually a good, uh, a good bit to add to that. That day the internet went out about a week ago, I had everything in Google Documents. I didn't have any hard copies saved on my hard drive. Oh, no. And I'm like, fucking hell, how do I work on this now? And, it, yeah. <laughs> and so I went off into the other room and I read a book. Uh, um, and when's the last time you did that? Do you do it often? Or is, it just, is that just because the internet was down? Um, oh, reading books? Yeah. And, you know, that's kind of a funny thing you, you bring up with me. I used to read every night for like an hour to unwind because my brain is so ADD and so OCD. 
and fucked up that I can't go to sleep unless I settle down for a while. Yeah. Now I watch Netflix, so I've stopped reading books as much. I I actually have. I've said this on the podcast a bunch of times that I have, like, I don't know, I'm looking at them now, three or 400 books that I would reread again. They're ones I kept for specific reasons. And, uh, well, that also some Calvin and Hobbes comics and other stuff like that, but Netflix has fucking kind of wrecked me. I, I That's another thing I think I want to get back into um, that... It's, I, I'm not reading as much anymore, you know, I, so. I've got this thing where, like, it's really sad, but I'm more, more productive this way. Um, Every day, I, like, make a bit of a list of things to achieve, say, so I read a chapter of my book, I do something, you know, I, I edit some stuff and then do this, do that, just a short list of stuff, and once I've achieved them, then I feel I've earned the right to like do naff all on the internet or watch shit on Netflix. I need to start doing that. I need to get a little bit more discipline, discipline as far as that goes. I think that, and I actually think that's a really cool idea because, yeah, once I once I yoinked the Ethernet cable that day, yeah, I got one, two, I got the basically the first four episodes. And Quiglin and, and Kay are going to have some input on this, and, and, and we'll work around it, and that kind of thing. Because I've already told them the only way we're going to write scripts, and tell you and Andrew can get on this too, is just do it in one giant Skype call. I just want to riff, and then, and then that's how we'll, we'll have the framework of what the episode's supposed to be. But for actual lines, I just want to riff. I, don't, I, I am not writing lines, and then you guys t- tweak them after that. We have to be able to sit down as a group and, and say... Okay, here's what's going on. Here's the first character up. Want some dialogue? What do you say? And and then and I don't care. There's gonna be a line where it's like, yeah, you can't use, you can't call somebody a thundercut cock jockey. That's just not <laughs> this show. But <laughs> and and that's coming from me, the cursy one. Uh, other than that, you know, because I don't. I want to actually create something for once in a, the most chaotic way possible. And actually, as much as I've, I, I kind of made fun of it earlier, uh, the best shows I've ever liked on TV had a writer's room that had like 10 writers in it. Yeah, I think that's important because like hardly anyone can be funny on their own or amusing on their own. Like, um, I think you need people or things to bounce off. And, yeah, I totally do. That's the only way it works. And it's, yeah. what sucks is I my personality works better with uh, people who are boisterous and crazy. Like, this is nothing against John and Glace and Adrian. I promise you, Chris, is also not getting cut out of the show. But they, those two are so calm and so nice, except Glace when I get getting pissed off. <laughs> that It's really hard for me to, like, make more fun of them than I do. I don't think they'd ever be offended in any way, shape, or form. But they're so calm and so it's I'm like a budgie. They're so calm and so laid back about their approach that like uh, it's it gets hard for me to 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 rip on either things they're saying or make fun of them or poke fun of them or poke fun at whatever we're doing. The best one, and I'm gonna try and see if I can make that into something. Was I don't know if you've listened to the most recent episodes, but there Nintendo's using this word called nindies. To, All right. To talk about their their uh, indie developer program. Yeah. 
I fucking went off. I I have not gone off like that in a long time on the show, and I felt so good when it was over. <laughs> the point when John's like, that was later in the show, John was like, that was pretty good. And I'm like, normally I will, I'll, I'll fob it off, but I'm like, yeah, it was. I'm pretty proud of that. I got, just... well, I, this, look forward to listening to that. I, I think I'm two or three episodes behind. So. Well, there was, Only... well, you know, it's, it's funny. It, I'm, I'm meeting more people to do that. It's the DVR thing of you save up a bunch of episodes because I do, yeah that's I I only like Netflix. I love Netflix because I can watch it all at once. Like when I was trying to watch Gotham, when those guys were wanting to talk about it, not only because Hulu Plus has ads and I'm paying for it, but it's like I can't watch like ten episodes at once. Netflix has fucking ruined me. I want all this in like a uh, where I can binge watch it or watch it at night. <laughs> That's exactly how I feel. Like sometimes, that, like I'm listening to one of the pod podcasts and I'm, you know, and it ends and I'm thinking, oh, I I have to wait now like a human to, um, you know, next week. So what I do is I accumulate three or I listen to something else. And then once I've um, got behind on Wonderpod, I listen to that. You know what I mean? So that, that's exactly, I like that binge watching thing too, or binge listening. Yeah, I mean, but anyways, I so I'm trying to, I, th- I think I got to just find a way to, when it's appropriate, you know, you can't, like, no, let's let's just back off from that. But my, my whole point is, is I don't, like, I really, at this point, should have recorded with the same recorder we're using for this some of the stuff when Kay and and Quiglin and I were together because pretty sure we defended some people, but oh my god. Those two, for whatever reason, get me going in such a way that that it's it's different. It's not better than what we do on WonderPod. I need to make that utterly clear because I love to death doing the show with those two. Oh, I get you, yeah. I want that. I want that calming influence a lot of times because otherwise, and their input into you know, it, it, because I didn't recognize another thing. I need to point out actually. Glacinator said something about two months ago about I'm sick and tired of all this serious business. Everybody's pissed off at everybody. Da 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 da. And I'm like, oh, but there was things I wanted to talk about this week. I'm like, damn. Uh, what do I tell him? And so I thought about it for a couple hours, and then I realized, you know. I'm pretty fucking sick of it too. Fuck it. Okay. So I messaged him back and I'll message him a job back. I'm like, yeah, let's not do it. Let's not, let's not, let's not talk about it. There's no profit to be had. Let's talk about whatever the fuck we, and that's one of the shows you said you like, where you talking about yeah, like, stuff. I was really enjoying that. I remember thinking, cause I, I listen to it on a train journey sometimes and I was t- I had to get off the train, I think, and I don't want to get off the train. I just want to keep listening to this. <laughs> well, I'm, I've always been the kind of person who will just incorporate stuff. So I don't listen to a lot of podcasts, but uh, I, the ones I do watch, I'm starting to see things that I like about them that I'd like to incorporate into WonderPod. But again, what we opened this show with, or this, this particular recording was, it's breaking that format. You get so used to doing the same things week in and week out. It's like, I, have you got into the episodes yet that I'm making them host? Yeah. Um, I'm not doing I'm, I'm just telling Literally, here's how the Facebook conversation goes. Okay, John, it's your turn next week. All right, Lysa, it's your turn next week. 
<laughs> and I'm like, it's fucking awesome because, like, for the last two weeks, it's Tuesday morning. Oh, podcast. Oh, wait. I'm not hosting this week. <laughs> I have to fucking do anything. And so, like, I, I will have stuff prepared in case, you know, there just isn't anything to talk about and, and they get into, you know, a little bit of a problem. But for the most part, you know, that's where the Nintendo, that's where the Nindies thing went off because Glystator wanted to talk about the Nintendo Direct. And I'm like, all right, fuck, I didn't watch that. I don't have a clue what's going on, but yeah, we'll talk about it. <laughs> and so <laughs> the show did it. And when he said Nindies, I just fucking, I just, I, Nindies. Well, it's an accumulation because I'm really sick and tired of Sony and Microsoft talking about how much they love indies, how much our our console has this indie, our console has this indie. Yeah, it's all shit I've owned for a year on fucking PC. Go away. You're not, you know. And so it was just kind of an accumulation of I'm tired of you shoving indie in my face. And when Nintendo got on the act, I couldn't help myself. I had to I had to pop off. <laughs> so, but I. I like having listeners like like you that binge listen. It's it, it was weird to me at first, but I I, I think it's kind of cool now that it's like wow we're worth saving up. You really are like you know I think sometimes you underestimate yourselves or you know you know well not publicly or like whatever. Sometimes you say I interpret that, but you really shouldn't because it's like me and Olivia, like oh, it's a live week this week. No, it's next week. Oh, and we arrange our week around it. You know what I mean? We we'll <laughs> go where the best internet is, and we'll you know get snacks. And we'll make we'll go get up later in the day, oh, so we can shit. stay up later. You know what I mean? It's just we're not gonna have one this month. I just realized we haven't done one. We're not gonna have. Wow. We're not gonna have one this month. Not because I can't throw it together that fast. It's, it's tomorrow's a record. And I guess we'll do. T- I guess we'll, I know what we'll do. I got. I got an idea. I'll tell you when we stop recording. I got okay. an idea. It's gonna drive them nuts, but I got an idea, and then we'll unleash it on the world later. Um, but yeah, what you're talking about? Oh man, Quiglin is gonna be end up becoming like a big influencer. I'm gonna kill him. One of the two, and he's close enough. I could get to him. I. <laughs> I don't like thinking in terms of how good are we how how is this good is this not good am i good am i not good and it's part of it's a self-conscious thing and part of it's just i'm terrified of ego of my ego ever getting in in any kind of shape or form control because through WonderPod, through morphe nation through some stuff i did even before that local stuff I w- yeah. I've seen plenty of examples where you give somebody a little bit of ego and they go uh, they just become a monster. And I'm terrified of that. Partly because I think self-deprecating, I do it too much. I freely admit, but I think self-deprecating and not taking yourself seriously is a good thing. Yes, and- it is important. Um it's not, it's probably, there's probably a bigger potential audience for us out there that it's not getting to because part of my self-deprecation is if you want to find our show, fine. If you don't, I don't care. <laughs> and that's not good. I'm aware that that's also not a good good thing. 
But it depends what reasons you're doing it for, really. Because you you often say that, uh, you know, you're not a fan of plugging your own stuff and whatever. You know, that's somebody doing it for the right reasons, is doing it for themselves and for the people involved, you know. I admire that. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it is, and I, and I honestly can't tell you why, the, the specific thing and why, but I think, you know, what the hell is it? I'm going to steal another line from Billy Conley. He was talking about coming to America, and this is something yeah. I have talked about before. He's like, I had to go over there. I wouldn't have felt like I had a full career if I hadn't gone to America, and he's like, there's 250 million people out there. There's got to be an audience for me there somewhere. It's just finding them. And so I kind of, I kind of have bastardized that into my own thing. Of it's like, nothing I do is definitely for everyone. It's definitely not something like a mainstream appeal. Like if we got tomorrow, a, you know, several thousand people downloading the show a week, they had better either just decide they like it or don't like it because I'm not changing it. And exactly. I'm, I'm, I'm terrified of any kind of outside influence coming in. I like, I would love to have enough funding to be able to give the guys money. And I talked about this on the show too, and, and to, you know, get them games to review and stuff like that, or, or other stuff we want to do. But with that comes strings attached at times that I don't think would work for what we do. I don't think yeah. to be able to slag off Phil fish three shows in a row <laughs> if we sponsor, or if this, or if that, um, I definitely, I definitely do it wrong a lot of times. Though that, of that, there's no doubt. I think you and Olivia and then Quiglin have taught me because you guys get so excited for the live shows. And I, I'll tell you the other thing that it becomes. I'm just yeah. stunned that people actually listen to the show. Like when I first started doing it, I'm like. Yeah, we'll throw that out there, see what happens. And and then a couple, like one week got X number of downloads, and I'm like, oh, really? Seriously? There's that many people that want this? <laughs> but that's how great things start, you know? They don't just start on purpose. Uh... But I just can't, no, no, it's, it's totally organic, I agree. But I just, I can't wrap my head around anybody wanting to listen to what I have to say. I can't, I physically can't do it. It doesn't, I don't spend a lot of time thinking about it either. Don't get me wrong. But I just, when it's brought up to me, I just don't, I, it's like, really? What the fuck did it, like our highest download counts, my plan for the winter break is to go listen to those shows to figure out why the fuck are those? Yeah. Why? Deconstruct them. What did, no, just what did he say? Because I instantly think that, okay, that's the other aspect too. I I see too many people saying shit just for publicity, stirring. Yeah. Up, I, and I don't like that. I, I I I could easily say something that could get us all over Reddit, not in a good way. And it's like, and then and then kind of deal with, and then go back to doing things the normal way, and 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 see who we keep. But I don't I don't understand the concept of making something controversial just because it's going to get us looked at. And I don't mean us You're as right. under pod, I mean in general. Uh, that, that terrifies me a little bit. If something organically happens that then gets out there and offends a lot of people and so that brings notoriety, but it's something I think that I, I would say again, then okay, 
that's that's okay. But there's an organic controversy, and then there's created controversies. That's right. It's like kind of like propaganda, you know. Like a lot of people have used that in the past, and it's the same kind of thing, isn't it? You know, you know, you you bend in facts, or you're uh, well, not bending facts. You're like saying something awful just for the reaction, just to gain an audience. Just you have lots of people to say sorry to. <laughs> That's the other problem. I'm not good at apologizing. I, I don't... It's... it's. My attitude is not a good one to have. I, You know, because... Uh, well, I wrote a piece, believe it or not, back on the old Morphe Nation. It basically said... That, I, I titled it The Audience is Listening, which is actually a Steve Vai song. And I said basically that I write for me. Fuck the audience. If they want, If you like what I'm doing, great. Keep reading. If you don't, fuck off. And, yeah. oh, wow, did I get talked to over that from people who truly cared. Uh, one lady I can think of in particular. But it's like, you can't say that. And I'm like, why not? Why can't I say that? I don't write this stuff with anybody in mind. I write this or, or produce this or make this because it entertained me for five minutes. Or it did this or that. And it's like, I, so, and I think it's fraudulent if you don't step up and say, I thought at the time it was fraudulent if I don't step up and say, hey, you like what I'm doing? Great. If you don't, fuck off. Yeah. You, you can't do that. I, I, I look back at that now with a few years of, of, of retrospect on it and or hindsight on it. and It was not a good thing to do. It was, uh, you can't, you can't verbally say that. That's one of those things, think before you type. You know, I mean, it got a few laughs out of the people I intended it to get laughs out of. But at the same time, it's like, mm, you know, yeah, there are people out there who never say anything that possibly could stop, you know, possibly could stop reading you now because you basically told them that they're not important. But I, I worry, and I'll ask you about this. I worry about writing or creating to placate some or to shooting for some kind of def, demographic or some kind of audience or, or thinking even thinking in terms of, Ooh, yada, 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 yada is going to like this. If we do it this way, I, th that terrifies me. Me too. I don't think I, I can honestly say I've never, never thought like never worked by that kind of thing. I think it's what we like and what I, but I was saying that, I always think that what I like, everyone likes. So I, my demographic is myself, but extending that myself is other people. If you, do you get what I mean? Yeah, I do, and I never. Maybe I could adopt that attitude. If I like it, everybody likes it. Because I think, oh yeah, I like it. People, other people must like it, and that's why some people, I, I say a joke in a room or something, and it's just deadpan. I'm like, what's the matter with you people? <laughs> yeah, of course just... you're gonna. <laughs> Helps you know humor when you say, "Well, that's why I've always, even after he went off and did his own thing, I've always been a big to the point of annoying people with it, a defender of Jim, because I don't always agree with him. There's a lot of times I don't. There's a lot of times he goes on about stuff. It's like seriously, dude, four weeks in a row, shut up. But he just gives his opinion and spits it. And now that he's completely one hundred percent independent, doing his own yeah. thing. I can't wait to see what he does when he gets his wheels under him because it's like he's no longer fucking beholden to marketing to an editorial staff, and he's matured, so it's not, 
it's definitely not going to be anything we did back at the Morphe Nation. I know that. <laughs> Some of that stuff was, again, Madeline McCann on the side of a milk carton was only yeah. the iceberg. <sighs> Uh, the only other one I'll publicly talk about, and I still have that picture, is the uh, Hitler Youth Pope Mobile that I made when John Ratzenberger, John Ratzinger, Ratzenberger, wrong guy, John Ratzinger became uh, was anointed Pope, the Hitler. Oh, Youth. right, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I just found the Pope. I just, I just, yeah, I just photo, I photoshopped the top of the uh, of Pope John Paul II's bulletproof glass thing, and I put it yeah. on top. Of panther and i'm like look it's the new pope mobile and <laughs> that's good even amongst like our crew i got a couple private messages of that was too far and i'm like what what I, I, really really that you're i can't make a fun of the fucking germans now what's i know like what's going on I, i've got like an in, interest in you know nazi germany and I, I don't condone anything they do whatsoever but people get the wrong idea about that. So I was just going to say, have you gotten, I'm glad you brought that up because like, I'm fascinated with all the places you went in Germany because I'm a history buff. But, yeah, that's what, and, that's right. Like, you know, it's like going to a museum for me. It just happens that they're all outside and full of bullet holes, but people and, get the wrong idea about that all the time. You know, I have been meaning to ask you, have you gotten shit for that? Because oh, all the said, time, yeah. You present it without commentary. You don't you don't say you're pro you know you don't say you're an Aryan racist and you don't <laughs> say that you know fuck fuck the Nazis, um, I, I but I was like wow Chris this is kind of risque a little bit I remember thinking when I was watching those videos and the pictures you put up I'm like that's a little risque Chris that's that's kind of a topic that it's okay to make fun of them but when you're just kind of observing enjoying it <laughs> yeah it's like I'm like huh, interesting it's just fascinating to me like um. I just don't know. It's like what an interesting time. Like one guy, he conquered like most of Europe and had visions of doing the world. Like just like Julius Caesar and Alexander the Great and all that. I just I'm just interested in it, and it doesn't go further than that. And people give me stick on it. And like last Valentine's Day, I changed my profile picture to Hitler, and it says "Be mine," as in M E I N, just as a like. I saw that. If I read, just as a big fuck you to everyone who was like calling me a Nazi just because I'm interested in stuff. It always, oh god, that was like most of our. I mean, that was most of our jokes. And then once I saw the Faulty Towers episode, the German episode. Yeah, don't mention the war. Oh my god, <laughs> John Cleese was forever my hero. After that, I don't. I'm, yeah. Anything else he's done when he's goose stepping across the, across <laughs> the dining room, I'm like. I, I had to stop the video. I was laughing so hard. I like had to stop and just put my head down. I'm like, if you even attempted, if you tried to get away with that episode today in Britain or today here, you'd be slaughtered. But, and it's it's bizarre because it's like further away from you know it's so longer ago than when that aired in the seventies, and it's like less accepted as a thing now. It's more of a macabre subject. Yeah, but, I know it is an awful thing, and all these people died, but you know. Yeah, but look at look at look at the effect it's had on Germany. Like almost every German gamer I've ever come in contact with has to import games that I go down to GameStop and buy or order them off Amazon. It's yeah, a, because... such a psychological impact on their culture going the other way. And none of them, you know, there's very few people alive That's now that was involved in that. It. Yeah, and they were just they just happened to be you know, the ancestors of these people, but they still got that massive guilt thing. But, like, I don't know, I say, me and Olivia always have discussions about this, like, 
sometimes this probably seems I'm sticking up for the Nazis or whatever because I just know more about them. But I'm, I say like history's written by the victors, isn't it? You know, like the, the Americans bombed, uh, you know, uh, Japanese cities and stuff. But you know, nobody was clean. That's yeah. It's just it, it, the real humans, like like the Germans with the bad guys because we were on the other side you know the Germans you know if you talk to like somebody my age in um, Germany like we were the bad guys so well it's 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 funny it all comes down to a perspective of and I've actually heard a military historian talk about this it comes out of the perspective of what Russia did what we did what the Japanese did except for Nanking for the most part was outliers of actual combat warfare, right? Yeah. What the Germans did was a systematic extermination of people, and to top that off, of a, of a religious persuasion, you know. And yeah, I I understood what he meant, but. Yeah, the, the concept that anybody in that war... I mean, Stalin killed five or six million of his own people because they wouldn't do what he wanted. Yeah, and, you know, people... Hitler was an evil man, but he seems to be the go-to evil guy. Nothing's more evil than him, but... Again, it's, it's the way they went about it. It was the, it was the thinking behind... Yeah, the... Con- you know, the, the rest of it was indiscriminate. It was... In Stalin's case, it was, you won't do what I want, go, for, go die in Siberia. You know, the Japanese are going to cost the Americans 200,000 casualties. Yeah, fuck it, nuke them. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I, I mean, it's it's all horrible. I, I think today, and this, you want to talk about one that gets me in trouble, they start talking about the, the, the casualties in, in our last two fun time wars. Oh, yeah. And it's like, you add up everybody that died or was wounded, civilian and, and, uh, civilian and military, in both Iraq and Afghanistan, it still doesn't equal what happened to Dresden. Or in return, what happened to the to the English in the Blitz? It's like war is never a good thing, but yeah, everyone's the bad guy. Worse. It could be far worse these it days. It could really, yeah, absolutely. I think what I think the only thing that fascinates me about about dictators like Hitler or uh, Stalin or even Julius Caesar is how charismatic to be able to convince people. That you have the right way, even when you're doing all these horrible things. Uh, I guess Mao Zedong of China was the same. It, I just am like, how much charisma do you have to have to be able to convince people of that, and then keep it quiet? What you're really doing? Yeah, <laughs> that's the thing that fascinates me is from the human perspective of of wow, you, you have to. Be a really powerful speaker and really sell what you're selling to convince. You really do, because that was the norm to them. And I, to try and prove a point to Olivia, sometimes I say, um, like, what's norm to us now that could be perceived in seventy years? I can't believe they did that kind of thing. I know we're not doing anything as awful as all that, but you know, it's it's what people believed. It what it was the norm for the German people, and it wasn't even all the German people. You know, not everyone was a a Nazi like fanatic. It's like a lot of things happen in the world now. A lot of fanatics, uh, they do silly things in the name of their religion. They kill people, whatever. You know, it's not, that's just like a certain 
sector people, not the entire race. Or well, it's I, just awkward. Again, what it comes down to, I think, it, the thing I find the most repugnant is the concept of of a a, a master race. Yeah, that's right. Then, that's you know, that's what makes it so repugnant to so many people. Of uh, you know, the the Jewish community, unfortunately, was the was the one most affected horribly by by that. But they were doing it to gypsies. They were doing it to Slavs. They were doing and, and I think that's the thing that that still hangs people up so badly, and it has affected the German culture so badly. Is it's just this concept of 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 Aryan purity. And yeah, it's just like, insane. What? I remember the first time I really read anything about it, and I'm like, "Oh wow, how how fucking off the deep end do you have to be to think that that's a good idea?" You know, he's just mad as shit. Like he wanted a race that was perfection to him, yet he didn't have any of these traits. He wasn't even German, Hitler. Like. Or was Austrian, yeah, I know. Yeah, he's just a, an, an absolute nutter, and people just let him get away with it, and, you know. He was a squat shit little dude who had uh, eczema and irritable bowel syndrome before the war started, and it's like... Yeah. This is... But it's, I mean, you can't discount people's willingness to trade sanity for safety. Like, if your happy little daily life isn't being disrupted... It's amazing to me the amount of things people will let go. You're right. That is absolutely right. It's just, it's terrifying to me. Like, there's so many things I see going on in the world, and I go, how how are you letting that happen? Like, there's a cell phone video. I'm stealing this one from the Rooster Deep podcast. There's a cell phone video where a guy stabs this woman in China like 22 times or Korea, one of the two, on the subway. And and nobody's everybody's filming it. Nobody stops to help her. I know. Until, until like this one guy walks up and starts throwing water bottles at the dude. And I've now seen the video. It's horrifying. But the guy, I guess he was a, a water bottle salesman. And he had him in his coat because <laughs> he just kept like you know plain old drinking water that you buy in a store, not the fancy hipster thing like I've got for one or two of. He just keeps pulling him out of his coat and throwing him at the guy until he gets him all, until he goes. The guy goes away, and then they help the woman. And I'm like, "Oh my god, it's just insane, isn't it? Why weren't you like my first thing would have been? And knives are scary. Knives to me are scarier than guns. Cause yeah, that's what I've always thought as well. Like, they're more vicious and personal. And well, and, and and you knock somebody out of the way with a, a knife, they only have to come back a little bit to swipe you. A gun, if you knock somebody's hand out of the way and they're kind of uh, no longer aiming at anything, they really have to work to get it back. Knives are so easy to get back into the ruckus. <laughs> that, But I just, I think to myself, what would I do in that situation? But again, it's people's, people, people aren't being personally affected by it, so they're not doing a damn thing about it, even though it's happening like five feet in front of them. And I think it's really easy... Two, I will admit, to sit here in the comfort of, of an office and, and you in the comfort of Olivia's flat to say, I'm going to dive right in. I think yeah. until you're right. confronted with that moment, you don't know what you're going to do. You know, I don't. I love a lot of gun nuts here that are like, I'm going to protect my home and family. I got a pistol the size of a motherfucking cannon. It's like, yeah, and you know what? Some robber comes in, you're going to crap your pants and shoot your own toe off. 
<laughs> exactly. About it, that you're the personality that would just crap and end up killing one of your kids. And that's a horrible thing to say, but at the same time, it's like, I, 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 I. And, and especially living here, where like, uh, there's one murder last year. And sadly enough, it was a, the dude that most likely did it. was a guy I went to high school with. Um, <laughs> you know, it's like, we're not, we are not in Compton, people. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Boy, this ain't straight out of Compton, yo. Straight out of Compton. <laughs> Speaking of that, were you one of the ones that got my fuck up? The famous Foghorn fuck up? Or did I have to, or did I ever finally explain it to you? I think you explained it to me. Oh, but I, for you was like, oh, I'm not. You said I'm not going to explain that to anyone. I was like, oh man, I'm intrigued. I'm intrigued. I'm going to ask him in a couple of days. That Roger, John's buddy, is really good. I finally stumped him. I made a <laughs> reference the other night talking about, or, or t- a couple shows ago, talking about the Nindies thing. That was where the rant went. I made a, a, a t- Titanic the movie reference. Yeah, and, and so I threw in a fucking Gandhi reference last week. He <laughs> I explained it to him. If you go look on my Twitter feed, you'll see me explaining it to him. Uh, okay. It, it's uh, I, I got him with that one, but he got he knew exactly what I said, and that is the funniest thing in the world because I've never been part of a true Freudian slip, and I talk so fast as I do, and it literally was out of my mouth before I could stop myself. That's mad. And I heard John like intake a breath. <laughs> not because he said it, but because he couldn't believe it either. And I'm like, did I just see what I think I said? Like, I, <laughs> my own, I had to think about it, and I'm like, wow. Hey, okay. So here's what we're gonna do, John. We're gonna do that. <laughs> not, not, that's a, that's that's legitimately, except for dead air, garbled talking, or really something fucked up bad happens. That's only the second edit, like cutting somebody's stuff out i've ever done and by god both times it's been me no i was just not sure this first one was so, it, it, yeah i got <laughs> too far with cliffy once and i that after the show i talked to pat about it and he's like yeah i'm like i told him i cut that such and such out he's like oh yeah it was probably a good idea i've been <laughs> to mean things about his wife that were going a little too far and on their on, the words weren't completely offensive but the intent was there. Like, like yeah. it, it was, I would have been better off calling her, you know, a fuckface thunder cunt than what I said. And so I'm like, when I heard it in playback, because I do, I do stream of consciousness. Like, there's times I listen to stuff back and I go, wow, I was really a lot madder there than it felt like. Wow, I was really, you know, so I'm like, a lot of times I listen back to it editing. I'm like, holy shit. Wow, you're angry, man. <laughs> wow. That had a little more power to it than I meant. Oops, fucked up there. But, uh, but <laughs> in the edit process, that, that I was going to go, okay, I'm not telling anybody. I am not telling anybody what, what just happened here. I'm not. <laughs> I'm going to call it. I'm, I'm just going to tell. I'm just going to put it in. And then I had to find a soundboard to put over the top of it. Pro tip I didn't put it over the top of it. I thought if I put this over the top of it, some fuckhead's gonna dig in the layers and. Yeah, that's right. So I, the, the truth is, is that that whole thing was cut out, and then I put the foghorn. No. In. <laughs> I, 
I left, I think, part of the f- first syllable of the word, and then I left the with attitude part. And then I, because I saw somebody that got into a little bit of trouble when they bleeped out a word they shouldn't have said in a video, and some dickhead got a hold of the audio and put the words back in. And you know, I, people will go to, uh, you know, expose. Yeah. That's ridiculous, isn't it? All right. I think we've probably done enough for for the at least the podcast part. So this has been an, a, a, a special Thanksgiving edition of WonderPod. Look, the clothes is going to be better. I'm not doing the spiel. No, I'm not doing the spiel. This is like right now I'm stuffing my face. No, that's not right because I put it out the day after. Right now I'm getting I'm getting over stuffing my face full of turkey. So Chris, thank you for showing up. That this show has gone exactly like I was hoping it would. Thank you very much for having me, and at a time that suits me as well. That's very kind of you. Because ah. these damn time zones, they suck ass. Yes, they do. But it's been awesome. Thanks a lot. See you, people. Bye bye.